this is totally not dancing, and you're listening to the Shred Shack. Greetings, folks. I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. Welcome to you to episode 170 of the Shred Shack Podcast, your premier source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal, airing bi-weekly on iTunes, Mixcloud, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, as well as airing from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time on Monday nights on Overkill Radio. Let's get started with Previously On. All right, so previously on, we had talked about listening to the uh, new King Diamond Lullaby album. Did you get a chance to check that out? No, I did not. Oh, man, it's pretty great. Well, the thing is, like, all those albums really kind of sound the same, like, sonically, because it's all the same kind of instruments and stuff like that. So you really have to, like, listen to it to kind of discern what we're actually what you're actually listening to. But they're soothing, and they're great. And then and it's it's really nice to listen to. Like when you're reading or you want to take a nap, it's great. Uh, I mean, I, I've listened to some of the, the Lullaby albums in the past, and and they've they've all been enjoyable. So I mean, I, I would assume that this is the same the same deal. So yeah. Uh, also, previously, on, we talked about the new Ghost single. Um, so when I found it, the "Call Me Little Sunshine" is the is one of the tracks. Um, I was just listening to it when you came in, and I listened to it this morning. And the first time I listened to it, I wasn't a hundred percent on board. Uh, but this time, listening like for a second time, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's 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 a ghost track, you know. You know pretty much what you're going to get. Um, they're kind of like fa- falling into a groove of like arena rock type stuff, so it's very mm-hmm. catchy. It's very huge sounding. It's going to be great live for sure. Um, yeah, it's a great track. Uh, second one is Hunter's Moon. So it's on the same single. They both came out on January 20th. Uh, so just a few weeks ago. And Hunter's Moon was a lot, was a little bit, was a little bit more up-tempo, a little bit, uh, even like even more catchy than uh, mm-hmm. Call Me A Little Sunshine, uh, a little bit heavier. Uh, yeah, that was, that was, that was a pretty sweet track. Like I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do on the, re- on the rest of the record this time around. It's going to be sweet. I played uh, Hunter's Moon for the Halloween episode of um, Short Shack Radio, and I had listened to it prior to putting it up there. I actually was not impressed with it. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, I uh, well, I've, I've talked about listening to Ghost in the past. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. And really, the only one that's really ca- like grabbed me is prequel, because the other ones, I don't know, I just could not get really into. Um, and so I feel like this may be more of that yeah yeah yeah. well i'm still looking forward to the record of course i'm gonna check it out whenever it comes out so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty sweet um last bit of business on the previously on section here is uh still following up with the lord diversity box set uh catching up on the albums as they come out and the newest one that came out about i think last week was abusement park um do you what do you remember about this one the only thing I remember is the song Gur with the Wookiee track. Yes, that was <laughs> ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like, what was going on? I mean, it was hilarious. Don't get me wrong. But, like, come on. What? I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed the record. Um, you know, they, 
like I'm having as much fun listening to it as they are recording it, or it seems like they are they had recording it. So I really can't complain about anything. Uh, so I think it's I think they're having a lot of fun. I'm having fun listening to it. So nothing to complain about as far as that goes, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not. Um, like I said, there's still one one disc from the box set that I still need to listen to, um, and that one should become the last three albums come out in like rapid succession in the next two weeks, I'd say. Okay. So they should be oh, yeah, out. They, they should be done mid mid February. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's like I remember you telling me that they're going to be done releasing all of them via Spotify by mid February. So that yeah. should be wrapping up pretty quick. Yeah, that's cool though. Like I'll be able to be all caught up on that. That'd be great. But that is yeah. it for um, for uh, previously on. Okay. Um, then let's go on to uh, old news, I believe. Uh, yes, old business, old business. Old All right. So we just cannot let this one get away from us. It's according uh, to Rolling Stone, Nirvana has responded to the second amended lawsuit against the band filed by the man who claims he was the baby featured on the cover of Nirvana's Nevermind album. That's funny that they, they keep on saying that he claims like there's no proof that he was on it. Like that should just be if if it's not like official that he was on the cover, <laughs> that he should be not be able to sue to begin with. But, I mean, that's another matter. In the latest filing in federal court in Los Angeles, lawyers for the group say Spencer Eldon's latest complaint filed January 12th should be dismissed with prejudice. This case must end the filing states. Vanna says that no amendment is possible to salvage Eldon's claim. In his ever-shrinking pleading, uh, Eldon has now dismissed all but one of the myriad state and federal law claims he previously attempted to charge against defendants. The timer's run. Eldon's decision to not sue these defendants for the past 30 years, despite his decade-long knowledge of their same and unvaried conduct, is dis- the dispositive yeah. of his claim. It is, a, it is as simple as that. So pretty much what they're saying is that time has run, run its course. He's been fully aware of what's going on. He's been living off of it for several years. Uh, no. <laughs> Let's let's bring this to an end. Plus, he's also dropped several of his charges, so he's really just trying to like get it, like he's grasping at straws here, pretty much is what they're saying. Let's let, let's just get down to brass tacks about this whole entire uh, lawsuit. He was with some woman, and he got undressed, and she said, "Oh, it hasn't changed since you were a baby." And it fucked with him for the rest of his life. That's and, it. <laughs> and he got really mad. <laughs> There's some pre pre um, pre prejudice against him because they know he's the baby. He's like, man, hmm, must have been cold in that water. <laughs> must have been cold in that water. But that is uh, it for old business. This thing would just on. not go away, no matter how hard Nirvana tries to get it to go away. But here we are. Yep. All right, so let's go on to new business. And with new business, we talk about new album releases. Um, I haven't paid attention to new album releases, although I do have the list available to me. Let's see what I've got. Listening to. Okay, I have several new album releases. Uh, So, the new Ashes of Aries. Um, So this is the band formed by Matt Barlow and another former member of Iced Earth. 
And it sounds like an Iced Earth record. It sounds like if like these two guys stayed in Iced Earth, it's probably what the the Iced Earth albums would sound like. Uh, uh-huh. But it's not a it's not a bad thing. You know, it's 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 classic power metal. It's great. Uh, Matt Barlow's voice has not changed uh, ever. He still sounds incredible. Mm-hmm. And this is the one that has the the eighteen minute or so uh, duet with the Ripper, uh, and it's fucking awesome. So yeah, that that was a that was that was a good listen. That was that was a good listen to start off that week two weeks ago. Okay. Um, next up, I listened to the new Battle Beast record. Oh man, that was awesome. Um, super catchy, super fun, heavy power metal, fucking great vocals. That woman can belt it out. She's incredible. Um, I really really enjoyed that. That was just incredible fun to listen to. Okay. Uh, next, next up, I got a band called Boris and their new record. It's um, Japanese sludge doom metal, and that was that was good. That was good. I really enjoyed that one. I really, sh- I, I'm trying to write down more notes as I go, but like I, I only have like little little bits and of stuff written down right now. So bear with me here. Um, Confess was an Iranian metal band. They were really good. They were like a like a thrashy metal band, and if you read their story, it's pretty fucked up. Like some of their guys. Um, were in jail for several years because they were they were performing heavy metal music. Um, of course, in Iran is very conservative over there, especially like religious beliefs and stuff like that. Um, their story is fairly tragic, um, but they're really good. Um, I think that they they've been around for a little while. They've been up and down as far as being able to perform. I think they had to like replace a couple of their guys who were like still in prison, maybe uh, with like some Norwegian dudes. Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty wild. But they were really good. Uh, the next two ones, I didn't write much of anything down. Uh, but I listened to the new 40 Watt Sun record and the new uh, Business record. Uh, one of which I believe was my uh, album of the day. Abyssus was. Uh, Jethro Tull. All right. This was really good. Like, mm-hmm. it was really good. I was surprised about how good it was. Did you listen to it? No, I actually I ordered it uh and it should be coming tomorrow so I will get a chance to listen to it. Yeah, it's it's it is quality. It is definitely a quality record. I was a big fan of like their cla- it's like it sounds like a classic Tull record. It sounds like Aqualong, you know, mm-hmm. like but it, it's it's just, you know, the new technology as we've talked about with Thrash, the same thing can I think is actually their their music and their sound is very timeless. It just sounds a little bit cleaner, you know, nowadays, mm-hmm. but other than that, they're they were fucking great. That that record was really good. Um, Steve Vai's new album is out, uh, and I wrote down here, uh, "Beautiful Noodly Instrumental Gloriousness," um, which pretty much describes it. So that kind of like locks it in pretty good. Um, uh, I listened to Celeste, their new album, Assassins. Um, they're they describe themselves as metal noir, um, and they're they're from France, so there's a little bit of um. Um, there's definitely like they're heavy, they're heavy, but there's definitely a little bit of like almost like some somewhat ambient stuff in there, almost kind of like like not as slow as like say like a shoegaze or like a sludge or doom, but like kind of like getting there. Um, okay. yeah, but that was really good. Uh, I listened to Dawn of Solace, I did not write down anything for them, but this one I wrote down, um, Earthless, the band's called Earthless. Their new album is an hour long. It has a grand total of three songs. Each of them are about 20 minutes long. Um, Stoner, psychedelic, instrumental rock. Fucking 
awesome. So good. So good. That was definitely worth a fucking listen to. Okay. Uh, but other than that, um, that's it for new releases as of right now. Okay. Um, now, as I said, I did not listen to any new releases, but there are some that I'm looking at here and now on the um, on the lists that I um, unfortunately missed uh, for reasons. Um, mm-hmm. Or did not see previously, one of which being um, the new Lana Lane album. Lana Lane, um, I first heard from listening to Arion, um, and her her solo material has usually been in the kind of general rock vein. Um, so I should probably take a listen to that. Also, um, the Quill released a compilation album again another singer where i listened to arian and became aware of the band um the new corn record i was planning to listen to um but i haven't done so yet and uh actually there's uh, an album that came out this past friday called venom prison and um in my brief time of using twitter today there were so many mentions of it apparently it's a phenomenal album oh really okay so i'll definitely cue that up yeah so uh, apparently it's it's really good so that's exciting uh one one user we follow said that it's the best thing they've heard since the the last cannibal corpse album so Mm, mm. okay yeah okay that's that's what i've got to listen to uh as far as new releases um well we got what? a couple here that will definitely interest us. Um, Michael Romeo, his new solo album came out this past Friday, so that's something to look into. Yes. Um, Abysmal Dawn has a new EP out. Um, Saxon has a new record out. Um, and that's looking like a, that's pretty much a, a solid lineup right there for this week. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that that'll be that'll be a good listen um, when I when I get a chance. Um, but let's see let's let's go to our instagram and talk about what we put as album of the day for the past two weeks copy that and let's see let's go back two weeks what was two weeks ago um about the 23rd okay so um Okay, 23rd, you probably didn't do one that day. That was a Sunday. Okay, so the first one up is uh, Battle Beast, which you've already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, next one, uh, Abyssus Death Metal. Yeah, that was uh, the, the other new one that I didn't have any notes written down for. So, But it was a new record, and it was good. You know, I enjoyed it. So, All right. Um, pretty sure you did The Ocean. Yes, most certainly did. So the Ocean is a band I've been talking about for a while, um, and I want to. I've, I've always, I've kind of just been obsessed with their later stuffs from from the Pelagial on. So they had the Pelagial, and then like the the, the like the double album shortly after that. Uh, mm-hmm. So I went back and listened all the way back to their first record, um, and yeah, I mean they really haven't changed. Like. I don't, that that's, that can be a negative thing, but they really haven't changed much as far as their sound goes. And since their sound is awesome, 
it's great to go back and listen to like that, that they were always kind of like the same kind of band. Like mm-hmm. I think I think the only this like the only difference between like the first album and like the stuff that I listen to later is that there's more clean vocals on the later stuff and um and less on the earlier stuff, which is typical for a, a band of that kind of style. So yeah. Uh, next up, you did Avatarium. I'm pretty sure that's the album, the fire I long for. Yes, yes. So I I wanted to li- like I was listening to uh some random shit and i came across a band which i think i'll mention in like other stuff i've been listening to that sounds very much like the band draconian who mm-hmm. i've talked about for a while so i listened to that band then listened to draconian and i was like well in the same time that i was listening to draconian i remember you listened to um i think it was a girl in the raven mask by avatarium mm-hmm. and i was like well i mean might as well listen to them too um and i threw on this one this is their latest record uh from like a, i think it was like last year two years ago maybe i forget um but you know they're really really fucking good band they're very fucking underrated and yeah not, and pretty much slept on so yeah they're, they are very they are a very good band um and I, you know i think i think girl with the raven mask was one of my top three when back when it came out so yeah yeah only only trouble with them for me personally is that they go uh they go pretty under the radar you know like they came out with they they came out with the girl with the raven mask, and then like two more albums came out after that. I had no idea until like much later. Oh yeah, so, for sure, for sure. Yeah. But uh, next one, uh, you did Jeff Rotol, the Zealot Gene, the new album. Yeah, their their new album, fantastic. And I did Dillinger Escape Plan. One of us is the killer. Uh, which is a great album from the Dillinger Escape Plan. That was their um, last one. Right? That was their second to last one. Oh, second to last one. Okay. Yeah, I I will I will talk a little more about Dillinger in a little while. Um, I don't I don't think you did Cave In. So uh, Slipknot was mine. I did Iowa. Uh huh. Okay. Um. Then for the next day, you did Slipknot's debut. Yeah, self-titled. Yeah. Um. Then next one you did Spleth. Yep, that's the new record I was talking about, Assassins. Mm-hmm. I think it's Asinines. Asin- oh yeah, you're right. You're right. My my mistake. Uh, some photos from your Tool show. Oh um, yeah. Then uh, you picked Bulb. Yes, this is the uh, side project from uh, one of the guys from Periphery. Uh, mm-hmm. Bulb was like his online uh, persona, and mm-hmm. he released a, a series of records. Um, over the course of um, 2020 to 2021, I think. Um, and this is his album called um, Moderately Fast and Adequately Furious. And, uh, you know, he he's another one of those guys. It's it's groovy. It's it's gentle. It's a little noodly. It, it's just fun. He's having fun. And, mm-hmm. again, this is just a side product that he, he had, like, a bunch of stuff in the vault, and he threw it out on a fucking record. So thank you, <laughs> buddy. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um okay so where was i all right so next one up uh i i assume because of the tool show that you went to you started with uh tool anima oh for sure um which is which is interesting because um you put that as the album of the day and then the in in our discord server for what you listen to you put ten thousand days 
Well, because I went from on a month to ten thousand days. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, and the thing about it was is that I also realized I looked back on my Instagram account and I realized that my, that Anima was my was my uh, album of the day like barely a month ago. So <laughs> I was like, well, shit. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we've done we've done stuff like that all the time. Oh yeah, for sure. Like we've done stuff where like you and I have picked the same album of the day back to back. So whatever. Yeah. Um. Let's see. February fourth. Did you pick one? Uh, Richard Pinnas. Yeah, Richard Pinnas. He's a French um electronic musician, and this album came out in the seventies. Uh, this is the one I found via the Wikipedia page for Dune. Um, he does uh, his the first seven tracks of it are are pretty much the 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 suite of the the Benny Gesserit. There has a track called uh, Duncan Idaho, and then the closing track is like a twenty two minute uh, song called Paul Atreides. So it's just a, a Dune inspired record, and it's instrumental. So I need something to 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 kind of zone out to while I work on on Friday. Right on, right on. All right. Um... On that day, I did Jethro Tull. This was, that is their very first album from way back when. Uh, it is literally 50 years old at this point. Nice. Um, 52 or 53 years old at this point, actually. Um, but, you know, from the very beginning, they had, they they had, like, you you knew, you, you knew from the start what they were going to develop into based on what they had. Yeah. You can, you can hear the potential based on on that album so um and then yesterday's uh album of the day is uh the new album or not it's not new but it's finally been released on cd and that's from bone and that is a uh a band from austin which i will talk about a little bit later in the show but um their record is quite great so awesome yeah um, anything else that you've been listening to that is not on the um, albums of the day? Oh yes, plenty actually, a lot. Um, so of course, I, I when I go to the gym, I like to read in between sets. I can't read with anything with lyrics, so of course the instrumental prog um, playlists on Spotify have been um, pretty much in heavy rotation. Um, randomly, I listen to both Abaf records. Um, and those are incredible. Those are really fun. <laughs> I don't know if you if you listen to any of Bath recently or at all, but they they are a lot of fun. I highly recommend checking those out, buddy. Okay. Uh, let's see. I listen to the ocean. Oh, I I always go back when I'm when I'm stuck on something to listen to. I always go back and listen to some Count, um, like the the Sonari Nai record and uh, one of their records they release an instrumental version of so i probably listened to that in the gym but from there uh in the uh artists you also may like i found a band called trees of eternity and their album hour of the nightingale um they're very similar to draconian so this is the band i, I mentioned that sounded very similar to draconian then after i listened to to them i listened to draconian's latest record from 2020 uh under the a godless veil mm-hmm. so i did that uh, I listened to Alien Weaponry. They came up randomly on my uh, on my uh, my homepage on Spotify. So I was like, all right, whatever. Um, I've been listening to our 10-word review artist, the next 10-word review artist, uh, seeing that Billinger Escape Plan has already been released, and I sat that one out. And yeah. last but not least, um, I saw an Instagram post by Mike Portnoy. Uh, 
sometime last week celebrating, I think it was the 20th anniversary of Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence. So I sat down and I listened to that one for, you know, I don't think I've ever sat down and listened to the whole thing straight through. So that was an experience. Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the, I know the title track more than I, like, I know the rest of the album, to be honest. I, don't think, I think I know The Glass Prison, which is, I think, the first, the opening track. I think I know that yeah. one more than I know all the other ones. Yeah. Um, but is that what you got? Uh, I do have a rabbit hole, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Okay. Um, so I spent a lot of time listening to Dillinger for the sake of um, the last 10-word review. I must have listened to the the album Option Paralysis about seven times. Damn. Um, and it's it's not because it's not because I thought it was like 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 better than all the rest. I wasn't like obsessed with it. It's just that I couldn't I couldn't come up with the words to say about it. So I kept listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So so I yeah I, like because because Dillinger was a new band for me for uh in this case, it was a little bit harder for me to come up with the words to say for the ten word reviews. But I want to think that I pulled it off. So um, I haven't even watched it yet, which is weird because I usually do. It's a quick one, and uh, well, it's actually not, not that quick. It's kind of long. Um, there's a little bit at the end that uh, Bird starts telling a story. Um, That's so nice. But there are bands that I really, I'm really kind of upset that I slept on because their stuff is really good, really out there, very technical. Um, it gets, I, I, I would consider it if you just made Faith No More, like, really technical metal, you know, Ooh, it's got that, yeah. it's got that weirdness, a lot of the softer parts, um, Greg sounds like Mike Patton, um, it just, it's a, they're just a really good band, and, like, you know, I, I don't much remember catching them live on Gigantor, unfortunately, but I kind of wish that I had the chance to see them now with with what i know yeah so so yeah that's that's that um i've been listening to i listened to our um our next 10 word review artist i finished it uh thankfully so i am i am way ahead finally for for (laughs) change so i can go on i can go on to something else we also have to decide what's going to be the next one so we have to talk about that soon Yes, we should probably um, get that rolling so I can move right into it. Yeah. Um, and then, um, aside from that, I've been listening to some random Jethro Tull. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, in leading up to, um, in leading up to the Zealot Gene, I listened to, obviously I listened to this was, um, I have a copy of Thick as Brick in my car. I listened to a good portion of Aqualung. Um so I was just kind of throw, throwing down some some toll tracks. Also part of uh, War Child, which is another amazing album from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of those things where it's like, God, I like this band. I need to listen to them more. Let me get the rest of their albums. So I, <laughs> I ended up going on Discogs and buying all the rest of the albums that I don't have from them. So, Damn. So yeah, it wasn't. It, it, there, there were only about six or seven. 
And yeah, I, but still, I, you're, just, you're just not messing around, so. Yeah, I just I just excluded the uh, Christmas album because, like, nobody had that cheap. And I was like, do I really care about a Christmas album? That's so. not the Muppets? No. No, yeah. I mean, if, it, if it's not the Muppets or it's not, like, Johnny Cash, I don't care. Yeah, so. sure. Yeah, so, uh, but that's pretty much been it. I've been so focused on doing that, um, and I haven't been able to really get much else listening in. Yeah, I've been trying to like when like last year when we were doing the the new release, I was just like I would just try to put up a bunch of stuff in my queue, and that's when I would get like really like ahead of myself and not be able to remember half this shit. So I'm trying to like kind of really pick and choose the new releases I listen to. Just so I can yeah. be able to like kind of report and actually be able to listen to all that stuff within this within the two weeks that we have between recordings, because like I listen to a lot of other stuff too. So it's like you know, if goddamn. <laughs> so um, I think from what we were talking about as far as the, the next couple of new releases, like we got, I'm going to definitely check out that new Corn record, the Michael Romeo record. I'm going to definitely check out the Venom Prison one that you had mentioned, uh, and then probably pick another like two or three from there and and just deal with it from there so uh, also going back a little bit um in one of these one of these uh days let me um let me see because i'm yeah um one of the days the first one that we uh I think one of the first ones that I had uh, discussed, it was the day before the first day I discussed. Um, but I still count this because it came out, because it was done on Sunday the 23rd, it was probably the day before, the day after we recorded last. Uh-huh. Um, and it's from a band named Sepsis. Um, the reason I mention them and the reason I, I remember them just now as far as going back to it is because I'm part of their discord server Um, and they have a pretty good rock, uh, rock metal sound, uh, female vocals, uh, just really good stuff. Um, And so I've, I've been kind of, you know, goofing around in their discord server. So. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So, uh, but I just wanted to mention that because I almost forgot. All right, so that I think that brings us to the end of uh, what we've been listening to and so on. Yep, so yep, I, yep. I think it's time to go on to general news, and we unfortunately have an obituary to start with. Yes, unfortunately we do. So Megaforce Records founder John, Johnny Z. Zazula, passed away at the age of 69. He passed away on Tuesday, February 1st in Florida, surrounded by his brother, daughters, granddaughters, friends, and friends, according to Variety. Of course, we had mentioned um, last year that John's wife, Marsha, with whom he co-founded Megaforce, passed away of cancer in January last year. Um, Megaforce, of course, is widely credited for launching the career of, Met- of Metallica by releasing the band's first two albums, Kill Em All and Ride the Lightning, before Metallica landed on a major label deal with Elektra. Megaforce's roster has also included such artists as Anthrax, Testament, Overkill, Ace Fraley, Ministry, King's X, Stormtroopers of Death, and Raven. Johnny died of complications of the rare neuropathic disorder, chronic inflammatory uh, demyelinating polyneuropathy. I think it's demyelinating polyneuropathy polyneuropathy, or CIDP. He also died, also causing his death is chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or uh, COPD, 
and osteopenia. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. Um, but um, this is encouragement for me to buy his book and read it. Yes, they did mention yeah. his book uh, in the article uh, later down the line. Yes. So that, that's definitely something you can add to your ever-growing pile of books. Well, to, I got to uh, buy it first. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But um, fortunately enough, that's, only our, that's the only obituary we have. Um, so we can continue on with general, general news. All right. So first up here, we have Lamb of God has recruited Phil Demel. Uh, of course, of, of violence and formerly of Machine Head, played guitar for the band on this year's uh, Ship Rock Cruise, which was set which set sail back in um, January 22nd from Galveston and included stops in Costa Maya and Cozumel. Uh, he filled in for Lamb of God's regular guitarist, Willie Adler, who was unable to make the trip for reasons that have not been disclosed. Okay. All right. Left to Die is a new band featuring classic death members Terry Butler, also formerly of Massacre and currently in Obituary, and Rick Roz, formerly of Massacre as well, paired with gruesome founders Matt Harvey of Exhumed and Gus Rios, uh, formerly of Malevolent Creatures. The Florida-based band is writing an EP and planning a summer U.S. tour, performing Death's classic Leprosy album in its entirety, along with cuts from Scream Bloody Gore. That's pretty cool. I, I, I like that, sounds, that sounds pretty pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Okay. Just kind of, there you go. <sighs> Suicide Silence have come full circle and returned to their original label home, Century Media Records. With nearly two decades of nonstop touring around the globe, hundreds of thousands of records sold and cementing themselves as a linchpin band in modern extreme metal, the Riverside Quintet has rejoined the label. They released the highly acclaimed albums, The Cleansing of 2007, to, uh, no Time to Bleed in 2009 and The Black Crown in 2011. I actually, I just started getting into them. So, yeah, um, I mean, I, I never really gave them a fair chance. So, tell me, tell me your experience about getting into them. Uh, it's uh, well, I it's it was one of those things where, um, it, it was on the nuclear blast, um, Christmas, um, oh, cool. uh, the, the Black Friday sale, yeah, for sure. and um. I hadn't given them a fair chance, so I went and just listened to them on Spotify for a little bit, and I was like, "Okay, this is good. I can I can get into this. It's it's you know kind of kind of toward the toward the core side, um, but but I I enjoyed it. So I I, I grabbed up two of their albums. Um, I can't remember exactly which one because it came in a with a whole bunch of other ones. It came in like a you know a stack of like seventy five. So goddamn, you know oh, what I mean. So, but I, it was good though. I have to take this time to ask you, and I'm sure we've had this conversation before. Yeah how how have you been finding um, Spotify? You were so reluctant to get Spotify for so long. Uh, how are you finding the ability to kind of check out albums uh, before you buy them? Uh, pretty pretty good. Um, obviously, I can't complain about being able to obtain music and listen to it at any given time, typically at home. Um, yeah. It also helps out a lot when it comes to um, doing the 10 word reviews because obviously I didn't have any Dillinger Escape Plan albums to start with. Yeah, 100% for sure. Like right. in, the, in, the, in the past, before you guys Spotify, if there was a situation like that, what would you have done? Go, gone out and uh, buy them all? 
or no go to youtube they always have full mm-hmm. albums out. gotcha gotcha that's what i was thinking yeah. but i wanted to make sure yeah, yeah but but I, I i prefer the usage of spotify at, at this point so yeah it's it's been pretty sweet i have to say like as much as i love collecting cds i have not bought one in probably two years so yeah i i'm still i'm still all about the cds in fact i have to buy a new rack because i i filled up the other one oh you are a machine uh, absolute machine yeah all right continuing on here fear factory's dino Caret- uh Cazares will once again play guitar for soulfly on the max cavalera fronted outfits uh upcoming u.s tour he previously wow. performed with Soulfly on the group's last U.S. run of dates, which took place in August and September of 2021. Yeah, they haven't, they haven't found a replacement for Mark Rizzo yet. Gotcha. Well, I mean, I, I'm actually considering um, catching Soulfly. Um, oh, really? They're They're coming... They're coming to Fort Worth, which is a bit too far away, but it's a weekend. But they're also coming to Corpus Christi on a Tuesday. And I'm like, Gee. I could probably take the trip to Corpus on a Tuesday. Oh, that's a three-hour drive, bro. It's like two hours. Either way, that's a long drive. Dude, I've driven I've driven to Houston and back for shows. That's true. That's where we saw Faith No More. You're right. You're right. I did the same thing with Blind Guardian. Yep. And then you took the bus to Houston for Guar. So yeah, I, I, I busted my balls and took the bus to Houston for Guar. That's so, the thing. Um, at yeah, least like now, most, most places, most shows are coming to, to Austin, which is an easy trip. So yeah. Well, the last time I went anywhere far for for a concert was uh, um, Dallas. Dallas. We went. To, yeah, we went. We had to see Opeth, but we made we made a weekend of it because the the show was on like a Saturday night, so we drove out Friday. Well, yeah. Um, you know, so we made a whole weekend of it, which was fine. And that was like literally like the week before the world went to shit. So, yeah. Um, with with that in mind, actually, um, if I if any of the shows I go to in the near future are Houston or um, Fort Worth or Dallas, then Lindsay's probably gonna come along with me and just like I'll see the show. She probably won't see it with me, but. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna we're just gonna make a weekend of it. So yeah, I mean that's that's the way to do it, especially shows like in Dallas and stuff like that for sure. Yeah. All right, so according to Deadline, Cinedime, um has picked up North American rights to The Sound of Scars. Uh, the film is described as a deeply personal documentary, which chronicles Brooklyn alt metal band Life of Agony's rise, fall, and rebirth while confronting domestic violence, substance abuse, and addiction. Depression and lead singer Mina Caputo's gender transition. A spring release is expected. I want to see that so bad. That sounds interesting. Yeah, I want to see that. I want to see that really bad. That sounds mm. so good. Yeah, I, I'm in for that 100%. You're a little too excited about domestic violence substance abuse right now, okay? Well, you know, you know. Well, the thing is about it is uh, the the real thing I really want to see is 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 Mina Caputo's gender transition. Uh, I find that very interesting, and because I also recently, within the last few months, watched a documentary about a a, a bodybuilder who went from uh, transition from man to woman, uh, and how he struggled with that, um, and and stuff. And that was very that was very interesting, very interesting. So like, it's something it's something worth watching for sure. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, seven years after reassuming the vocalist role after the departure of Dave Padden, Annihilator main man Jeff Waters will return to focusing on his original position as the band's lead guitarist. Current Into Eternity and former Iced Earth vocalist Stu Block will take over vocals for at least some of the future live performances. Block can also be heard on Metal 2, which is the reworked version of the band's 2007 Metal studio album. Metal 2 also features former Slayer drummer Dave Lombardo. Is, is, is Stu Block going to become that guy? Like, like the is, go-to singer? Well, if, it seems like if you're involved in Iced Earth, that just happens to be your gig because that's what happened with Ripper Owens. Well, he was in Judas Priest first, but after fucking Iced Earth, Ripper Owens has done everything. Stu Block is doing pretty much the same thing by going back into, into eternity and doing this, and who else knows? You know? I would like to, I would like to point out, though, we ever like if if we decided to write a new song for the Shred Shack, um, like as an intro, as for whatever and everything, um, when when Ripper is off the road, he offers to do guest vocals for anybody. Oh my God! <laughs> if, you, if you follow him, if you follow him on on Facebook, he'll just he'll just be posting up stuff like I'm off the road for a little while. Who needs some guest vocals? The guy just doesn't stop. That's hilarious. The thing is, it's true, though. He does so much. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, This one's interesting, and it's something I'll probably be talking about um, on the next podcast. Uh, Gas Digital Network, a network with 22 podcasts with an emphasis on music and comedy, announced the the latest addition to its network, The Wild Goose Show, featuring rock icons, Zach Wild and John... DeServo, who's actually also known as Goose, apparently. The weekly show provides a fly-in-the-wall opportunity for fans as the two talk about anything and everything, including sorted backstage tales and stories from the road and studios. In addition, special guests will pop up in for casual, real chats revealing what artists talk about when the cameras are off. The Wild Goose show promises real talk with no politics and nothing heavy besides the music. The announcement was made by Gas Digital Network co-founder Ralph Sutton. The show, which premieres uh, it uh, premiered this week, February first, will be streaming weekly, live, uh, and free on the digit on the Gas Digital Network. It will also be available on all major podcast platforms five days after the initial airing. So, it came out on Tuesday, which is February first. Five days later, it came out uh, today. It came out today. Actually, uh, we were. We are recording this on Sunday, and uh, when we get to it, I'm going to talk about my rabbit hole. My rabbit hole is something I just started to do called Hashtag uh, Podcast Monday, where I do nothing but listen to podcasts. So uh-huh. I will I will definitely be listening to that one um, going forward, adding it to my list of, uh, of Monday, Monday morning podcasts. So I'll be able to report on that at least for one to two episodes for the next podcast that we record of our own. So. That should be fun. Right on. All right. Evan Essence's music video for the group's breakthrough 2003 hit Bring Me to Life has surpassed 1 billion views on YouTube. The Philip Stoltz, uh, Stoltz, 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 anyway, directed clip, which was uploaded on YouTube in December of 2009, uh, was filmed in Romania in January of 2003. There's actually another thing related to this video that I just saw. Uh, they apparently just re-released it in HD. Uh-huh. 
I saw something on Facebook that was comparing the the standard definition and the HD versions. I was like, okay, um, I, I don't I don't think that was necess- like necessary, but I mean that's cool. It looks better for sure, but um, but not I, necessary. Yeah, I'm sure it didn't. I'm sure I'm sure it's it's it didn't hurt the views of it because you know then then it's a whole new. Uh, way to see it so maybe more people will watch it so but i don't know yeah i got you i got you all right so the rock and roll hall of fame has announced the following nominees for 2022 are you ready for this i'm ready we got beck pat benatar kate bush devo duran duran eminem the eurythmics Judas Priest, uh, Fella Cootie, MC5, New York Dolls, Dolly Parton, Rage Against the Machine, Lionel Richie, Carly Simon, A Tribe Called Quest, and Diane Warwick. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame offers fans the opportunity to participate in the induction selection process with the 2022 induction fan vote sponsored by Ohio. Okay. Um, Today through April 29th, fans can vote every day at vote.rockhall.com or at the museum in Cleveland. The top five artists as selected by the public will comprise a fans ballot and that will be tallied along with the other ballots to select the 2022 inductees. Inductees will be announced in May of 2022. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremony will take place in the fall. Thoughts? All right. All right, so so mid-range discussion on this one. Let's look at this list. Yeah. All right. First off, who do you think is out immediately? Who do I think is out immediately? Rage Against the Machine, probably. Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna say Rage Against the Machine. I'm gonna say Judas Priest. I, the thing is, this is the, this is Judas Priest like third time up on the ballot, man, and like I don't think I, I still don't think it's gonna happen. I, I mean, I I I. I I hate to say it, but I think I agree with you. I think it's going to take more time, which sucks because like bands like Metallica and Black Sabbath are in there, and and Judas Priest not yet. Like, come on, yeah. I mean, is, is Iron Maiden even in, in the in there yet? No, I doubt it. Yeah, I, I doubt I it. I mean, Guns N' Roses in there, Foo Fighters, fucking Green Day, fucking Nirvana, and not Judas Priest. Jesus Christ! Because it's uh. Because there's a fan vote to it, I kind of have a strong inclination toward Eminem, mm. but I I don't see why. Um, I think I I think Beck eventually can be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but not just yet. Give yeah, I think it's too soon. I think it's too soon for him. Um, I'm surprised that Dolly Parton is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame already. True. In all honesty, um, and because of the, like the 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 recent um, surge in her popularity, I can see her being almost a shoe in. To tell you the truth, yeah. Um, I will say Pat Benatar probably should be at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I would say so. I would say so. Um, um I'm surprised the I- Rhythmics are not in there yet. Um, that's a little bit of a surprise. I don't know, like. Yeah, I'm. I'm just surprised they're not in it yet. I think one that I'm 
one that I'm really surprised is not in there, considering it's you know if if we're still if we're still calling it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the MC5. Oh, for real. I mean, they're one of the like like when you talk when when you watch like shows or like look at lists of like most influential bands of like the proto metal scene, like before metal was metal, the MC5 is right up there as like the top band. Yeah. Now kick out yeah. the jams, motherfucker! Come on. Yeah. I. I think um, I put I put Devo and Duran Duran in kind of the same boat here uh, as far as like like yeah they should be but I mean you, it, can, it, got, it's not, it doesn't have to be right now there's yeah, so got, many you got stiff competition right here so I mean there's so many more bands that deserve to go in before they do yeah. that it's just like they're 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 just being brought up a little bit too soon. You know, uh, New York Dolls. Um, I'm kind of surprised that they're on the list to begin with. I, I didn't really think of them as that that big a deal, but I guess they are. Like, I don't really know much about the New York Dolls at all. So, I mean, you know what? Yeah. That's a previously on. That's going to be a follow up for me. Is a check out the New York Dolls. One thing I would find interesting is um, if if Eminem does make it in there before a more classic outfit like a tribe called quest mm, yes I'd be, I'd be a little I, i'd be a little surprised i mean i would not be surprised only because of the fact of the the like the cultural impact that eminem had you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah. he's, a, he, he's a much more popular um artist than the a tribe called quest you know what i mean yeah yeah of course uh i know nothing of dion warwick so i won't say that but carly simon uh, i wow. feel like one that that probably should have snuck in a while back right same same I, I would feel the same way about her and probably a fucking even lionel richie i mean that's a surprise that he's still on the list i wonder if the commodores are in the the um the the, the hall of fame already that's a good question no, I'm, previously on. I'm on it i'm on it previously on commodores I got it. Okay. All right. But yeah, I think that's that's pretty much all. That's pretty much most of them. Um, yeah, I uh, I don't know what Fella Cootie is or who Fella Cootie is. I'm not really familiar with like too much of Kate Bush, although she came up recently in I think in the the, the Dune Pod uh, Discord. They were talking about some of her music. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I I'd say the same. So, but. Yeah, um, it's 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 an it's an unusual list this time. So we'll say that. Well, it's it's getting more and more diverse as the years go by, you know. And I know like the old fucking timers, like fucking Eddie Trunk, those fucking you know stalwarts who just like it's not the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with yada yada. It's like shut the fuck up, all right? Just shut up, you know. Like call it the Music Hall of Fame, whatever you want. Rock and roll is a type of music. It's just, it doesn't have to be fucking so fucking specific i mean shut up yeah whatever it is what it is get over it you can cry all you want but whatever um moving on all that remains will be rejoined by bassist matt Diaz uh for its upcoming tour celebrating the 15th anniversary of the fall of ideals album he was previously in all that remains between 2003 and 2005 and also a member of cky between 2005 and 2019 
Matt is stepping back into All That Remains as a replacement for Aaron Bubble Patrick, who announced his exit from the band last September. Uh, okay, I, I'm not I'm not an All That Remains fan, but uh, yeah, I I recall I recall his time in CKY. I can say that. Oh, <laughs> uh, here's a good one. Uh, Dio, Dreamers Never Die, the career-spanning documentary of the life and times of the legendary rock icon Ronnie James Dio, will receive its world premiere at this year's South by Southwest Film Festival. South by Southwest is usually in Austin, right? Yes, sir. Might have to sneak my way in there. Yeah, I think you might. I think you I think might. I might. That's one thing I was going to sit here and I'm going to sit here and say. That's one of my goals for this year is to start getting press passes. I was going to say you're going to have to be our our official stretch track correspondent to these things. Yeah, I, I I already like when I when I go out to shows and everything, I I actually have um you know like those ID badges that you can extend and bring and retract. Uh huh. I have one with our business card in it that says stretch track in it. So I'm like, this this, this is me. Nice. Yeah. So Very I mean, cool. no one's no one's noticed, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, you know. But it's there, it's there. Did we'll you, say that. Are you, are you wearing your asking about my podcast T-shirt out? Uh, not at the moment, but uh, I I I will be soon. Um, well, I I haven't. Uh, I haven't I, I I haven't um had much of a excuse to go out, so I, I keep just kind of wearing whatever's available to me, or I just wear my jacket instead of my shirt because I don't feel like putting on actual clothes. So <laughs> relatable. Relate for sure. All right. Uh last but not least here for general general news. Man, we've been at this for a while already. America's Deadliest Concert, The Guest List, a documentary about the infamous Great White Concert fire nearly two decades ago that killed 100 people and injured hundreds more, will receive its premiere on Reels on February 20th. I will see that. Yeah, that's 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 got to be wild. Like, fuck. The footage I've seen from that night is frightening. I'll yeah. say that. Yeah, I think it, I, ever since that happened, like when we go to shows, like the first thing I notice is where the fucking exits are. Because like, holy shit, do I not want to be part of that? Yeah, that's why like we always say every time we go to shows now, we know where the exits are. Oh, we, yeah, that's not a yeah. joke. Yeah, so we 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 are aware of our surroundings. For sure. All right, that's it for general general news. How crazy is that? We are going to be moving on to so let it be written, and then moving past that because nothing's there. No one's writing shit to not spreading the disease, and we are still in the time of COVID. Uh, so the, we have to talk about these things, and it sucks. So, bear tooth has postponed his previously announced European tour with Motionless in White and Stray from the Path to next year due to the ongoing restrictions resulting from the recent COVID-19 surge. Hailstorm's previously announced European European An Evening with Hailstorm European tour has been canceled. The trek was scheduled to kick off on February 1st in Frankfurt, Germany and run through March 13th in London, United Kingdom. 
earlier that day that this thing came out, Hailstorm released a statement saying, to all our European freaks, we're sorry to inform you that due to the different restrictions in all of the countries we were planning on traveling to, it is logistically impossible to bring our Evening With tour to mainland Europe this February. These shows have been canceled. Check your inbox for refund information or get it at your point of purchase. We hope you all understand that this was out of control and we are looking forward to announcing some exciting shows in the future. Very cool. And last but not least here, Aerosmith's previously announced European tour, which was originally scheduled to take place in 2021 and was then postponed to 2022, has officially been canceled. The Rockers announced the decision to scrap the shows in a statement uh, in which they write, it is with deep regret we must announce that our European tour scheduled to take place in June and July of 2022 has been canceled. We have continued to monitor the ongoing situation and with the related uncertainty around travel, logistics, and the continued presence of COVID restrictions and other issues, it has become clear that it will not be possible to go ahead with our summer shows in the region. The health, safety, and well-being of our fans is number one priority. We will be back to rock out with everyone and we hope to have some exciting news to announce soon. Your ticket point of purchase will be in touch shortly with further information. Until then, take care, and we deeply apologize for any inconvenience. And that is it for not spreading the disease. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still a thing. It's so it's so funny. It seems like for every like show that's either getting postponed or every tour that's getting postponed or canceled, there's like two more getting announced that's supposed to happen. So it's like it's 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 really weird, like to kind of traverse what you can actually do right now. Yeah, that's that's the only reason that I'm somewhat hesitant to buy tickets in advance for anything. Right. Um, You know, because like. I'm I'm hoping that the sh- the tickets that we bought for Iron Maiden and Elton John, like those are bought and and Ramstein, uh, are bought well enough in advance that like something something finally declines in all this, and there's less of a concern of cancellation. But like, I know that like you're going to cry yourself to sleep if we end up not seeing the behemoth show oh for fuck sure dude for fuck the thing is like the one thing i'm worried about is because i just i just saw a tool and that was a big fucking show that was at the at&t center fucking huge crowd you know no problems um the uh at&t center is not checking for vaccinations they're not making people wear masks it's not a big fucking deal over there uh but that is an american band they're already here I think our main concern should be the bands that are coming from Europe or any other foreign country um, where there's travel restrictions. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's probably the main concern here. Um, I think a lot of the tours that are that are happening and actually going off without of a hitch are, for the most part, are American bands or at least bands who are like partially here at the time or whatever, you know. That's, at least that's the theory I have. Like I, I'm proven wrong by the fact that the Ghost and Volbeat tour is going on, but um, apparently they're doing very heavy um, checks and they're doing they're they're doing a lot of uh, procedures on their end to keep things going. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I know that some some of the venues around here, uh, some of the venues, uh, in particular, I believe the Aztec, they are taking certain precautions. 
I believe um, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have to have a negative test or you have to have your most, re you have to have the card, um, uh, the vaccine card or whatever. Um, which is why I bought this little nifty case for my, my vaccine card. So it kind of looks like I'm sitting there flashing a badge and it's like, here you go. <laughs> nice. Nice. Here you grow. If I have a third arm suddenly growing out of nowhere, you'll know why. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Uh, but that's it for not spreading the disease. So let's move on to, he's the one they call Dr. Feel not so good. So speaking of the Volbeat uh, show, uh, mm -hmm. And tour with Ghost. They canceled their concert on Friday, February 29th at the Ford Idaho Center uh, Arena in Napa, Idaho, after the band's drummer, John Larson, tested positive for COVID 19. Uh, Volbeat resumed its co headlining US tour with Ghost Saturday, January 29th at Portland, Oregon's Veterans Memorial Coliseum with former Slayer and Testament drummer John Deet filling in. That's another guy who can, who can uh, take. Uh, Gene Hogland's place, by the way. Right on. By the way, not not to change subjects here. Uh, moving on, Billy Idol has pulled out of his previously announced tour with Journey in order to undergo surgery for a chronic sinus infection. The 66-year-old rocker was scheduled to support Journey on the Freedom Tour 2022 beginning on February 22nd and ending on April 5th, after which Toto was slated to fill the opening act. As a result of Idol's cancellation, Toto will now support Journey on the entire tour, which will end on May 11th in Hartford, Connecticut. That's right, folks. Instead of White Wedding, you got to listen to Africa. <laughs> For eons and eons. <laughs> you know what hell is? It's Andy Gibb. Singing Shadow, Shadow Dance. For eons and eons. All right, Life of Agony has canceled the remaining shows on its tour of the U.S. Northeast uh, U.S. Northeast tour after singer Mina Caputo and drummer Veronica Bellino uh, tested positive for COVID nineteen. The concerts in Poughkeepsie, New York, on February second, Brooklyn, New York, on February fourth, and Asbury Park, New Jersey, on February fifth, will be rescheduled for a later time. Man, that just kind of fucks the tri-state. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Like <laughs> they were on their way. They were on their way home, just hitting up the the hometown, the hometown areas. Um, last but not least here, Chris Holmes has been diagnosed with a cancer in throat and neck. As a result, he has canceled his appearance aboard this year's Monster of Rock cruise. However, Holmes still expects to be able to complete his previously announced Canadian tour, which is scheduled to launch in Quebec City on May 5th and wrap up in Vancouver on May 28th. Um, I, I'm surprised he didn't come down with something yet until now. I, I, I would, I would think... I mean, he's the guy from the the decline of Western civilization movie, right? The one in the yeah. pool. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised he doesn't have like cirrhosis of a liver. Well, I, I think I think now he's sober. So. Yeah, but I mean that that damage doesn't just go away, does it? No, but like it also depends on when he got sober. Yeah, true. You're right. You're right. Um, but that's it for not uh, doctor. Not feel so good. Whatever. <laughs> We don't even know the name. <laughs> you write uh, this shit, dude. I copy and paste shit, and I make shit up as I go along. Um, um, but anyway, someone is getting better. They might go for a walk now. Uh, it's not a metal guy, but it's always good to hear about these sort of things. 
Um, guitarist Chad Gilbert of the long-running pop-punk band Newfound Glory says he is cancer-free less than two months after he was diagnosed with pheochromocytoma. It's a rare type of tumor that develops in the adrenal glands, small glands on the top of the kidneys. A week after his diagnosis, the 40-year-old musician underwent successful surgery to remove the tumor and has since credited his wife and the hospital staff with saving his life. Again, Actually, not a metal guy, but good to but good to uh, to hear. I, I give I give Newfound Glory some credit because like I've heard some of their stuff, and there are one or two albums where they get pretty heavy. So oh yeah, I yeah. Mean, you know, whatever. I mean, to each their own. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the thing about it is that like, of course, later as we've talked about, like our music chain, our music uh, taste has not changed so much as it has expanded to include like pop stuff. Where like I really really appreciate the Jimmy Eat World song. Um, what's that song? Don't say the metal. Oh god, I hate that song. Fucking love that song. <laughs> god, and I really I really grew to appreciate it. Like in the last like two years. So yeah, that one. <laughs> uh, no one's been breaking the law, but Metallica does exist. So we got some news for them, of course. Metallica is preparing deluxe remastered versions of Load and Reload and is reaching out to its hardcore fans to help to uh, to help get content for the new editions. So from the article, they sent out this email uh, to members of their fan club. It says, we're working our way through the catalog to bring you the comprehensive deluxe box sets we've come to love. And now it's time to get started on Load and Reload. As you may remember, we asked you for help in putting together the first five box sets and to make sure there's a fan footprint on all of these releases, we'll be doing the same again. We're looking for anything and everything you might have from August 1995 through September of 1998. Live photos taken by you or snaps from a meet and greet, flyers, ticket stubs, backstage passes, and whatever other mementos you may have from that time. Make your mark on these albums by emailing them at submissions at, metal, at metclub.com to share your story and receive more info about submitting these little pieces of history. Nothing is too small or trivial. Share your archives with your fellow fans and have some fun walking down memory lane with us. There should be a little Very- addition to that, though. They should be telling the fans, please, for the album load, do not send us samples of your semen or that blood. you did that you busted nut to this album <laughs> yeah yeah they definitely run into a little a uh, little trouble there sometimes i guess yeah yeah uh, yeah all right so no bands have uh expanded their collection of alcohol um you missed feuding did I, did I miss something you missed feuding oh i did yes i did i am sorry yes Feuding. All right. So, have you been hearing about what's going on with Spotify and Neil Young and Joe Rogan? I hear bits and pieces. So, all right. So, I don't have any like significant details here. Like the only the gist of what I got is that um, Joe Rogan he's he's a controversial podcaster. He has he has a wide range of guests on, and some of his guests tend to kind of. Um, talk about COVID nineteen and like vaccines and stuff like that, and people feel that he is spreading misinformation. Uh, that the people he brings on his podcast are are very dangerous people, 
who are not helping the, the cause of getting rid of COVID-19. Of course, you know, that's 50-50. People believe that they're dangerous. People believe that they're speaking the truth, yada, yada, yada. But the feud starts with Neil Young. Neil Young being of, you know, classic rock and godlike status to some people. Uh, he uh, gave Spotify an ultimatum saying that if you don't remove uh, Joe Rogan's podcast from Spotify and stop him from spreading, spreading misinformation, I will remove my catalog. And Spotify was like, go ahead. Fuck off, Neil. Um, and so he did. So he, for, apparently, from what I understand, he has removed his entire catalog of music from Spotify. Joe Rogan still exists on Spotify. No, nothing stopping that train. Shortly after that, uh, other members of the classic rock community uh, have taken taken Neil's lead. Like I believe it was, um, oh my gosh, I forgot who it was. Anyway. Uh, but the the most recent one was uh, David Crosby, Graham Nash, and Stephen Stills, of course, being Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. They have also requested that their labels remove their collective recordings from Spotify in solidarity with their bandmate, Neil Young. In support of stopping harmful misinformation about COVID-19, uh, they have decided to remove their records from the streaming platform, including the records of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and Crosby and Nash, as well as Crosby's and Stills solo projects, Nash has already begun the process of taking down his solo records. So, oh, it was Patty Smith. It was the other, the other person was Patty Smith. There's a few more that have have called yeah. brought down, of course. Yeah. But I I I think the thing that bothers me more because like the, we're in an age of disinformation regardless. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that bothers me more is that I see posts about um like apparently Joe Rogan gets paid to do his his podcast, and this is coming from Spotify, who pays the artist's dick. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that pisses me off a lot more. That could be, again, that could be disinformation, but if, if true, then it pisses me off a lot more. Mm-hmm. So, because, you know, we're talking about artists, like we're talking about the artists who create the music, we're talking about people, especially like, you know, the startup bands. I'm talking about bands that that want to somehow make a career out of making music, and you're getting paid, you know, fractions of a penny per play. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I think my yeah. problem my problem about it is like I understand that that Joe Rogan might be spreading misinformation, but the thing is, he 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 does. In my experience, listening to his podcast, he does have typically has like both sides of an argument on maybe not at the same time, but like he has a lot of different wide ranging guests. And I think the problem that I have about it is a little bit like a little bit of the censorship issue. Um, You know, I think, I think Spotify may have done the right thing by leaving it, leaving him on there because to, to remove him would be a form of censorship, which I'm not a hundred percent behind. Um, and because I also believe that the listeners of Spotify and his podcast should be able to be able to make their own judgments and do, you know, look into things a little bit more and not just take like the words of these people like to heart, although a bunch of people probably do. But I, I still think that like Spotify should not be censoring anybody for that, for that. I don't, I don't think that's fair at all. You know, it's not like it's hate. It's not like it's hate speech. You know, but again, it's a well, matter of like 
you have to you have to give human beings the benefit of the doubt that they're going to be able to think for themselves a little bit. You'd think so. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know, I know, I know. And like some some people are just are just very easily swayed by things. And the thing is, like, it's either it's either side. It doesn't matter. I think it's just you know, I, I just don't like the the idea of you know what the popular opinion is being able to censor something that's that they don't necessarily agree with you know i think that's a slippery slope i don't like it i think it's very un i don't don't like it it's very uncool and then on the flip side on the flip side of that though the artists since they created the music they have every right to determine how and where their music gets played 100 that's also true it's also so true. They, I mean, if they if they decide that they do not want it airing on the same platform, they are within their right to ask ask it to be taken down. Yeah. So the thing is, like, even if he wasn't streaming on Spotify, his his information or disinformation, whatever you want to call it, would be streaming somewhere else. Like, what what purpose are you really serving except like trying to muscle a big corporation? That like doesn't really. It's not really up to them. You know, I mean, people have the right to sing and say what they want, really, as long as it's like, as long as it's not really like, you know, I think, I think the, the, like, uh, people think like what some of these guys are talking about are dangerous, but like, you know, again, you don't have to go and do the things that these people tell you to do. You know, there's, there has to be a level of responsibility to the listener, you know, that's, that's just my opinion, so. I'd have to agree with the responsibility of the listener. So, yeah, um, yeah. I think it's just a slip. I just think it's a slippery slope uh, yeah. that I do not agree with. Like, I, again, if, if if he was out there spouting hate speech, I mean, I think that just that, that's a different story because that could be very dangerous. Yes, but but the the stuff he's talking about with COVID nineteen, there's so many things out there that like it does it, like whatever. I mean, he can have they can have a guy on there talking about misinformation or what people think is misinformation, and then the next day he might have somebody who's like who agrees with everything that everyone else is trying to say. It doesn't really like like what why I don't get it. I don't get it, and I, and I don't I don't agree with the censorship part of it. I mean, it's not encouraging me to go listen to his podcast or anything. Oh, for but... sure, for sure, yeah. And that's another thing is like not everybody listens to his podcast. A lot of people do, but not everybody does. I mean, I've listened to like two episodes. That's only because the Undertaker was on. You know, mm. <laughs> I mean, I pick and choose as a responsible listener. I pick and choose what I want to listen to. You know, yeah. So it's just, I guess it's just like, you know, I don't know. It's it it's very very tricky, and I just like like. The I'm, I'm I don't want to make a comment about like what what the stuff he is selling whether it's you know good or bad I don't care it's the it's the censorship part of it that I do not like so yeah all right so as we were saying no one is making any new alcohol beers any of that nonsense for us um, no new coffees have been announced although you did share the very cool looking uh, Pennywise. Um, coffee that was from dead sled coffee yes that definitely looks awesome so that is a consideration for me uh but we do have a little bit of merchandising and it's pretty much the same thing 
Uh, so Super 7 Toys has, announced, has released a new Paul Balaf reaction figure in honor of the late Exodus frontman who passed away 20 years ago on February 20th, 20, uh, 2002. The official figure description. This year marks the 20th anniversary of Paul Balaf's death. Balaf personified the violent energy of the early San Francisco Bay Area thrash metal scene of the 1980s with the band Exodus on their Bonded by Blood album. Balaf's uncompromising lifestyle and attitude are immortalized with this three and three quarter inch reaction figure comes with a microphone and shattered baseball bat accessories. Now a little bit of history of um, Mr. Balaf here on January 31st, 2002 Balaf suffered a major stroke and was brought to Highland general hospital, in Northern California, where he remained in a coma until he was declared brain dead on February 2nd, 2002, his doctor shut off his life support, leaving him to die in his sleep. He had no previous known health problems and the stroke was a complete surprise to everybody around him. That's the frightening thing about strokes and aneurysms and whatnot. They're just like, bam. <laughs> Boom, you're done. Yeah. Wow. It actually reminds me of a bit from uh, from Archer. Um, he has three fears. Crocodiles, alligators, and aneurysms. Because they huh. can happen many times. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, in the same vein here, we have Super 7 will release a reaction figure of late Metallica bassist Cliff Burton on Thursday, February 10th. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's this classic all-denim look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, no puzzles. No puzzles for anybody coming out recently. And with that, we head into commercial break. Greetings, Metalheads. Dan Mack here. And if you're a fan of putting a little heat on your meal, spice up your life with one of the many hot sauce flavors available from our sponsors at Hella Hot Hot Sauce. All natural, no preservative, and California-made Hella Hot Hot Sauce provides small-batch artisan hot sauces made from fruit and pepper blends that emphasize aroma, taste, and, of course, heat. With several flavors available, some seasonal, others year-round, and collaborations with members of Ghoul, Exhumed, Guar, and Hatebreed, there are plenty of options to suit your palate. Head over to HellaHotHotSauce.com and buy up a couple bottles now. And we're back. Awesome. So, what are we heading into? Recording and release news? Recording and release news. Badass. All right, here we go. Guar will release its ambitious new album, The Dark, the New Dark Ages, on June 3rd on CD and digital, and on September 16th on vinyl and cassette via Guar's own label, Pit Records. Pre-orders, of course, are available at their website. <clears throat> the album concept is tied to a companion graphic novel, Guar in the duoverse of Absurdity which will be released by Z2 Comics on June 3rd. In the graphic novel, the band members are sucked off into an alternate universe to do battle with their evil twins and the specter of rogue technology. On the New Dark Ages, our heroes floorboard floorboard it through a kaleidoscope of hard-driving heavy metal and rock and fucking roll, building on their hilarious mythos, introducing cool new characters and cataloging mankind's hapless abandonment of their passions, rituals, and beliefs. So it's basically Guar. Yeah, it's Guar. Okay. It's Guar. Extreme guitarist Nuno Benincourt uh, says that he is working on two new solo projects, including a follow-up of sorts to his debut solo album, Schizophrenic, which came out in 1997 on A&M Records. No. He's working on a new Extreme album. 
Yeah, no, no further like hardcore details. That's just about all we got. On July 29th, Arch Enemy released their 11th studio album, Deceivers, via Century Media Records. The new single, Handshake with Hell, dropped this past Friday, February 4th, along with the album pre-order start. So I will be checking that single out, and I will be able to report on that uh, previously on for the next podcast. And that's uh, we'll probably hear that song live when we see Behemoth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just find it funny that uh, the album's not coming out until July, you know? I figured they'd be touring behind it. But whatever. Uh, mm. Mm. <clears throat> so, during an appearance on this past Thursday's... Oh, well, it was actually back on January 27th, but whatever. Uh, episode of XM uh, Series XM's Trunk Nation with a Trunk legendary rocker Alice Cooper confirmed that he's putting together ideas for the follow-up to last year's Detroit Stories LP. He is quoted as saying, I'm working on two albums right now, actually. Two studio albums. And all I can say is that one is written, totally written, and we'll be, going, uh, we'll be doing bed tracks for that one pretty soon. And then the other one is just a touch in the future, but that's being written right now. They're two entirely different kinds of albums, but they're Alice Cooper pure rock and roll albums. The two albums will really be hard rock albums. Thanks, Alice Cooper, for reiterating what you just said. The 73-year-old singer went on to say that his longtime producer, Bob Ezrin, will once again be involved with both LPs, the first one of which will arrive later this year. You know, I'm pretty sure the story goes that Bob Ezrin was retired and um when they did welcome to my nightmare the second welcome to my nightmare uh-huh. like alice cooper asked him to come out of retirement to produce his material that's why i so heard too i'm pretty sure that bob ezrin only produces for alice cooper at this point <laughs> good for him good for him all right absent in body the new band featuring uh amenra uh, guitarist Matthew J. Vanderkock. What? Don't try that last name. Vanderkock. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A men road frontman Colin H. Van Eckert. Uh Neurosis vocalist guitarist Scott Kelly and former Sepultura drummer Igor Cavalera will release his debut album Plague God on March 25th via Relapse Records. That sounds interesting. <clears throat> King Diamond has revealed that he's working on lyrics for the long-awaited new album from his namesake band. Titled The Institute, the group's first studio LP in 15 years, is tentatively uh, due before the end of the year via Metal Blade Records. You know, the last time I heard that was 2016. So, yeah, buddy, let's go. Yeah, I know. But uh, he did, uh, it was a really cool Instagram post because he posted like it, he posted like the lyrics on like they're all like sticky notes and they like, kind of like posted together uh, on the floor and with like this like lamp that is missing a shade on it. It looked like he was really having a good old time in his house in ta- in Dallas. So, all right, Red Hot Chili Peppers' new album "Unlimited Love" will be released on April first via Warner. The 17-song, 73-minute effort includes the lead single "Black Summer," which was made available this past Friday, February fourth. I need to hear that track. 
You want to want to add that to previously on? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Cool. Cool. I got time to kill this week. Copy that. All right. New red hot chili pepper song. Got it. All right. Machine head bassist Jared McAaron uh, has confirmed to Primordial Radio that the band has completed work on its full on his new full length album. He is uh, quoted as saying, "Mixing and mastering is done. It is ready." There is a front runner for the title of the new LP, which is tentatively due this summer. He also said the follow-up to 2018's Catharsis will include the three songs that were featured on last summer's Arrows in the Words from the Sky uh, single, which has become the Firestorm, Rotten, and Arrows in Words from the Sky. Arrow in Words from the Sky. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. Um, I mean, I hope it's better than the last album was. I actually kind of like fell off of them after um, was it Bloodstone and Diamonds or whatever? Um, I think I think there's only one other album after that too. It's Catharsis, yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't listen to Catharsis. Yeah, it it wasn't great. <laughs> That's what I heard. That's what I heard. All right. Hmm. Corey Taylor has revealed that he will release a solo album of covers and acoustic recordings at the end of this month. Um, CMFT, of course, Corey motherfucking Taylor is putting out a B-Sides album, which has all the covers that we've done and some acoustic versions of some of the songs that are on the album, he said, uh, talking to Eddie Trunk. Um, the first single will actually be February 11th and people will be able to download that. It's our cover of On the Dark Side by John Caffrey and the Beaver Brown Band, which is one of the best rock tunes ever, he says. It's one of our favorites to play live. Uh, the Corey motherfucking Taylor B size will come out on February 25th. It'll be available everywhere. Yeah, that'll be one I Spotify. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I wasn't the biggest fan of the actual uh, album itself, but yeah. I'll be I'll be interested in seeing like what kind of covers, what kind of songs he picks, and whatever as far as covers go. All right. Hailstorm has announced Back from the Dead, its fifth studio album, due out May 6th via Atlantic. The follow-up to 2018's Vicious was produced by Nick Raskulins. Raskulins? Anyway, he's worked with he's worked with the Foo Fires, Mastodon, and Alice in Chains, and co-production by Stephen uh, Scott Stevens, who has worked with Shinedown, Daughtry, and New Year's Day. Waytane. Is that how it's pronounced? A Watain? Uh, what do you think? I'm pretty sure it's, it's Waytain, but we can okay. we can follow up on that if you want. All right, Waytain. We'll go with Waytain for right now. Uh, they unleashed the Howling, which is the first single from its upcoming new studio album, "The Agony and Ecstasy of Waytain," uh, which will be released on April 29th via Nuclear Blast. Now that's exciting. Nuclear. Creator will release their 15th studio album, "Hate Uber Alice." On June 3rd via Nuclear Blast. The follow-up to 2017's Gods of Violence was recorded at Hansa Tan Studio in Berlin, Germany. Helm in the sessions was Arthur Arthur Risk, uh, who has previously worked with Cavalera Conspiracy, Code Orange, Power Trip, and Soulfly, among many others. Right on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. No one's recorded any live shit. 
but for a replay, re, a rewind, replay, rebound, reissued, Iced Earth founder, songwriter, guitarist, and producer John Shaver has released a narrative soundscape, an audio CD of 15 tracks that was originally made available with the purchase of the deluxe edition of his first ever book, Wicked Words and Epic Tales. These recordings are completely reimagined delivered, uh, reimagined delivery of the lyrics of Iced Earth songs created exclusively for this release. Longtime collaborator Jim Morris worked with Schaefer on these versions. So that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he has a band to work with right now. Right, so I'll, I'll probably check that out. I'll I'll I'll, I'll listen to it and, and talk about it on on uh, what's it called on previously on on the next podcast. Uh, but that is it. That is it for recording and release news. So we head into our next section a little extra. So I the good that men and women do. No one's doing any good right now. Uh, crowdfunding tracker. I got nothing. What do you got? Uh, no, I haven't, I haven't looked up crowdfunding in forever. All right, copy that. Uh, shit I want. Dan, what is something that you want? All right. You're going to have to follow me on this one. Oh, boy. Okay? Oh, boy. So, I'll t- I'm, I'm going to talk about the shows that I've been to in the last few weeks a little bit later on. But it's a recurring thing that singers are always asking for pits. You know, they're asking for the wall of death, and they're asking for pits. And they all say, give me a circle pit. What I want is a singer to throw off the audience and be like, give me a square pit! Four equal sides, motherfucker! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Continuing until I see six sides. <laughs> Octagon, it's like a stop sign, motherfucker. Oh my god. No, because because honestly, like everyone's like a circle pit. They'll they'll say it. I want to see a circle pit. It's like how else do they do a pit? It's always a circle. You don't have to say it. You're redundant. Or you start demanding a different shape. It's true. I mean, there was a, there's always a wall of death. That's usually that's 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 pretty two sided, you know. Yeah. You know, so I guess you can add like a third, fourth. You can get the 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 obtuse triangles, you know, breaking some Pythagorean theorem in there and and, and all that good shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, or or just have the entire audience like mosh choreographed to the music. That's have that's a cool. big... it's called two stepping, Dan. Have it just break out like that. Bam. Flash but, mob in the middle of fucking cannibal corpse pit. Hell yeah, that'd be that'd be the shit, dude. <laughs> Man. Oh, that's wild. You're just, I'm just I'm just saying though. I'm just saying though, like, like I, I really just want to see somebody just sit there say, I'm not continuing this song until I get a square. <laughs> square dancing, Dan, really? Really, ugh. Or get rectangular. Actually, actually, no. There's, there's there's one other kind of pit, and that's side to side. And that's when usually people who think they're being humorous are trying to start a pit at a show that doesn't require a pit. 
So oh they're just going from side to side. Yeah, yeah. And I definitely. hate that because it's like, yeah. dude, stop. Stop dude, it. Please. Stop it. And for some reason, this like the other tall guy at the show who stands right in front of me, those little those little fuckers who try to start pits that don't belong there, they have it like right in front of me. Like, fuck yeah. you guys. <laughs> do, you, do you see me? Do you see how tall I am? Fuck you guys, man. Like, do you see anybody else trying to do this shit? Like, and it's usually like like three quarters of the way through the show that they're trying to get this pit started. I'm like, bro, bro, nothing's been going on all fucking night. Why? Why not? Why? You're an asshole. But you do you. You do you, but do it over there. Yeah. <laughs> Just do it over there. Outside, in your car. <laughs> Anywhere else but here. Like, fuck. That's right. I'm gonna write a song about moshing. It's gonna be called "Anywhere Else But Here." Anywhere else but here. Nice. Uh, so shit. I want is I had recently just dis- uh, decided that I want to get a, a good set of like uh, Bluetooth earbuds. Um, and I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to like look through Amazon and like because my the issue I have with earbuds specifically is that the way they fit in my ear, and um, sometimes they they get painful or they they fall out all the time and like. Sometimes they get like if you push them in too far, they get muffled. Like it's just annoying. So um, I'm just trying to like figure out what works best for me. And I'm jealous because uh, Brandy just bought herself a, a really sweet pair of the AirPods from Apple, and she let me try them out. Like it doesn't hook up to my phone because of course it's a fucking Apple and I have a Samsung. But she was playing some music for me through through her phone, and it sounded so fucking good. And they felt they felt comfortable, um, so I'm I'm going through the process of like you know reading reviews and checking shit out. And the thing about that is that like I wish I could go someplace and actually like try them out. Like there's no, I don't know if there's anything like that where you can actually try out these headphones with like your phone or some shit before you buy them, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but that that's that's what I'm griping about. That's what I want. You just want a good pair of head, uh, earbuds. Yeah, and the main thing is like they don't need them for like I don't, I'm not using them for like working out or anything like that. I I work out in my garage, so I don't need to to keep my music private. I use my my I have over the ear headphones that I use for podcasting. I use that for when I like mow the lawn or something like that to noise to cancel out the noise. These these earbuds are really just going to be used at fucking work for like phone calls, like when I'm on Zoom calls and like you know when I listen to fucking music and podcasts all day. That's all I need them for. You know, so they don't have to be like two hundred dollar ones, but I want them to be decent. So yeah, I got gotcha. you. Know, you you want to? Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. I've been seeing this advertisement on on Facebook, which they're watching me. I swear. Um, it's a it's a set of uh, over the over the ear headphones that are specifically geared towards metalheads, and I'm yes, like, I saw that too. I've been seeing that as well. Yeah, very strange. Yeah, it's very strange. I'm, but, I'm, I mean, trying, I'm, I'm going to stick with the brand that I, I've, I've been dealing, that I've been using for a while now, which is Skull Candy, which is what my my over the ear ones are. I really like them; they sound great. I, yeah. I like their, their 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 connectivity and all that good shit. I like their noise cancellation. Uh, but I I found a pair of earbuds by uh, Skull Candy that was in like the ninety dollar range. They sounded great, but then I started reading some reviews, and they said like you know after about a month or two, like the left earbud doesn't take a charge doesn't turn back on i'm like oh my god no so i have to really like do some a little bit more like looking into it 
to figure out what is going to work for me. Yeah. That's, that's why, uh, I mean, like I have, I still have um, the headphones that came with my last iPod and I've, I've felt that the, the earbuds that I've gotten from, from my iPods or from somebody else's iPod, uh, I feel like those have always been the best for me. They, they've lasted the longest. Um, so, I mean, but, but if you buy them separately from without the, uh, without the iPod itself, they're like, you know, tons of money. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's like I'd rather buy like a, a cheapy pair for a dollar that'll last me about three, four months and just keep rebuying. So, yeah, I I just want something that sounds decent. And again, I like I really got into um, because of my new um, of my newish position that I've been in for the last few months. I'm on a little bit. I'm on a few more phone calls, like conference calls and stuff like that. And I like yeah. to have my hands free. I don't want to hold my phone to my fucking face the whole time. So I, used, I, I still have a wired set of earbuds that I plug into my phone. And the thing is, that gets annoying, too, because then you're connected to it. You walk away, your phone falls off. Like, if you're charging your phone at the same time, you have to, like, pause your music. It, it's annoying. So I want yeah. something that, that really frees me up, you know. But I also, like I said, I don't need it to be, like, I don't need it to be, like, fucking Beats or fucking, like, $200 ones. Like I said, just you know, run of the mill, decent ones, not, you know, cause I see a lot of like, that are like 30 bucks and stuff like that. I'm like, nah, that's not going to be good. Nah, fuck that. Yeah. You know, one day I want to walk up to somebody with a really solid pair of headphones, like a really expensive pair and be like, Hey, listen, that's not going to help you much. Your music still sounds like shit. <laughs> and it turns out he listened to the same shit you listen to. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck. <laughs> Then I know. I know what I know what I'm talking about. Fuck you. Yeah, it, it's just it's just really raw black metal. And say, like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Never mind. Good good for you for trying, I guess. Uh. Or, or he just turns to me with this like the sternest face and goes, Jokes on you, it's supposed to sound like shit. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. But that's the that's the only thing I want. That's that's it. That's what I'm working towards right now. All right. Um, so, do you have a rabbit hole for me or what? I don't. I've been. Um, I've just been working on stuff. So um, all this shred shack related stuff usually. Um, so I haven't had any significant um, rabbit hole lately. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, so I have one, and as I mentioned earlier. Uh, I started something called uh, what I'm calling Podcast Monday, where on Monday I listen to nothing but podcasts. Because most of the podcasts I listen to either they release new episodes either Sunday or Monday. So it's like, well, I might as well just listen to all of these today kind of thing. Uh, so on my hashtag Podcast Monday playlist here, I got, of course, our podcast. I listen to our new episodes, see how they sound and see how they do. Um, so I've been listening to our podcast a little bit more often. Uh, you're welcome. I'm one of the four. Uh, one uh, of ten. Oh, shit. No way. Yeah, we, we're up to ten right now. <laughs> oh, I also started sharing the podcast on the on the Dune Pod Discord. So maybe, maybe, just maybe, one of those guys listen to it. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um. I've of course I've listened I've been listening to Doom Pod and because like 
they have they have covered pretty much all of like what they want to cover as far as Doom goes. They really have just become like kind of like a movie podcast, uh, and mostly sci-fi stuff. But they 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 vary a little bit. So the last two episodes I listened to, uh, they did they covered the Starship Troopers movie, which is amazing, uh, hilarious episode, and they covered a movie called The Thin Red Line, which I remember being fairly popular when it came out, uh, but I never saw it. Um, of course, every Tuesday, not every Tuesday. We release our podcast the day before Bruce releases his podcast. So our podcast comes out on Monday. Bruce's podcast comes out on Tuesday. Um, so he is he is uh, hashtag podcast Monday uh, because he's Bruce Dickinson, even though his is released on Tuesday. Um, so I listen to his podcast. Um, through the Doom Pod, guys, I have caught up. I have been um, introduced to an, another podcast. It's all about movies called 70 Millimeter Podcast. Um, where these two guys, they sit, they, they literally just, again, they sit around and talk about movies. Um, I caught up on their episodes where they covered, um, the Lord of the Rings trilogy being my favorite trilogy of all time. Uh, so that was a good listen and I'll be just kind of catching up on them throughout my time because they have a lot of episodes. Um, also through the Doom pod guys, one of the guys, um, in the discord server, it was Kev. He started a new podcast with a, a fellow podcaster, her um, her podcast is called On Lynch, where she covers a lot of David Lynch's movies. Uh, they started a new podcast called the Austin Danger Podcast, um, where they talk about uh, Austin Powers uh, specifically. So what they're doing is they're taking the, the original, the, the trilogy of the Austin Powers movies, they're covering those first, and then they're branching off, um, kind of playing like six degrees of uh, separation um, uh, going forward. So like they'll watch stuff. In the in the catalog of Mike Myers or Elizabeth Hurley, anyone who like anything that the director has done, anything that the writer has done, like those sorts of things, they're just using Austin Powers as the, as the base, and they're branching out from there. Um, and it's a pre- that's a pretty fun one. They only have one episode out. It really it literally just started last Monday, so that they're 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 getting off the ground. It's a lot of fun. Um, the next the next one I listened to was the Metal Sucks podcast where they had Corpse Grinder on. Um, they uh <laughs> the first like three quarters of the interview with Corpse Grinder, they're talking about football because <laughs> it's the it, when they recorded it, it was a playoff season, so they're talking about football. And George is a is a big football fan, uh, but they did get into talking about how he put together his new solo album that's coming out very soon. Uh, working with Jamie Josta, putting the artwork together and stuff like that. So, uh, he sounds pretty pumped for that. Um, that was a good episode, and I also found um. Because I I listened to Dune Pod specifically for Dune and, and, and movies and then seventy millimeter for movies, uh, I wanted to find something about uh, Tolkien. I wanted to find a Tolkien podcast, so I found a podcast called The Tolkien Road uh, that started back in two thousand and fifteen, um, and they have they have like a thousand episodes. It feels like, but they pretty much like the 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 beginning episodes that I'm listening to right now are talking about. Um, the Cimmerillion, which is like the Bible stories of the of Middle Earth, and they're going chapter by chapter. They do an episode per chapter, or yeah, a chapter per episode, whatever. Um, and they're really kind of like breaking down the meaning and the story and stuff like that. Um, and I think they do that for a majority of the books. And um, like I said, the first episodes came out in 2015, and the the more recent episodes that are coming out again, like this year, are, are another reread of the Cimmerillion. So they're redoing it six years later. So that's pretty cool. And that's Podcast Monday. Right on, right on. 
Yes, sir. So, Legacy of the Beast, made any progress? I have not. Um, ah. I have not played it, and um, just again, needlessly distracted by shiny objects. <laughs> what are you, a cat? Yeah. Well, then that's a crinkly object. <laughs> Uh, all right, so a little light reading. Um, do you want to go first or what? I'm still reading the, the Marco Hito's book, uh, Stainless. Okay. So gotcha. I I've gotten a, a few pages, a few chapters more into it. Uh, just getting over to the start of uh, Tarot, and that's about it. So gotcha. um, I, I, I've I've not read too much lately. Gotcha. Um, I. I'm about halfway through Nurgle's book. Um, and again, that we have talked about before how it's structured as more of like a, as they call it, interrogation style. But it's interviews. Um, and I'm still enjoying it. I'm just, it's taken me a long time to read it because I was, fo- I've been focusing on doing a little bit. Um, so what I did last, um, I'm about a third of the way through the Butlerian Jihad, which is one of the prequel novels written by Frank Herbert's son, Brian Herbert, and another fellow named Kevin. Um, uh, <clears throat> the funny thing about that is that I, I was doing a little bit of research about, like, in the, the backstory of Dune, and the prequel novels are, like, they're, 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 they 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 kind of glance at the, the histories and the stuff like that, but they really take some liberties with what Frank Herbert originally intended. Um, and the reason I know we know that is because at the same time that he was doing the books, he also released uh, something called the Dune Encyclopedia, which kind of gives the backstory of a lot of these things. Um, and the prequel novels kind of use like some of the names and some of the, like some of the concepts, but they really expand upon it and take liberties with it. Like I had said, so these are not like canon stories, but they're good. I mean, I'm enjoying it. Um, but one that is definitely canon that I finished apps that I finished last night, as a matter of fact, was the third book in the original, um, hexology uh children of dune um and that was very 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 good and it sets up the events of the next novel uh god emperor of dune um but because in the timeline that that, uh, god emperor of dune takes place about 3500 years after the events of children of dune i'm going to take a break from dune i'm going to head into um i forgot the name of the book but pete gave me a uh stephen king book for my birthday this year which i'll be heading into reading uh tomorrow I'm um, starting that off. Right on, right on. Yes, sir. That's all that I've. Uh, that's all that I've been reading in, in the last couple of weeks. Okay. And um, for for, for your viewing your pleasure, um, you can start. Okay. Uh, so back a couple of weeks ago, I had COVID. So Brandon and I, we we watched a bunch of stuff, which I talked about in the last podcast. But the last thing that we started. Um, before I went back to work was The Man in the High Castle. Um, this The show based on the Philip K. Dick book of the same name. Uh, I had mentioned, I believe, that they took a lot of, they, they took like the name, some of the names of the characters and some of the concepts of it, and, but they took a lot of liberties with it and they they, they went a little a little crazy with it. And I we finished the series. Uh, there's only four seasons. So we finished the fourth season and I have to say that that it wasn't great. It wasn't a great ending. They really went off the rails. A lot of things were left unanswered. A lot of, they started a lot of things. They introduced a lot of like, a lot of characters. Like 
I guess, didn't come back for the fourth season. So, like, you don't know what happens to them. They kill off a character right in the beginning. You never see them in this in this, in this season. They introduce a lot of new characters. You don't know whether you should care for them or not. And then the show ends. You're like, what just fucking happened? So it it didn't end as well as I as I would have hoped. It didn't go as um. It wasn't as good as like say like the first season was good. Season two was a little rough, but then season three was really good. Uh, but it ended on such a low note, so that that was a shame. Gotcha. Yeah, we're heading into the boys next. Gotcha. Okay, I, I'm familiar with that one. I haven't seen it, but I'm familiar with it. Gotcha. Um, what? I, I mean. Usually, I prefer to stick to the music-related stuff. Um, yeah, but I'll, well, I'll say that I, I, I know, I know, I know that's how you're doing it. But like, if we're talking about what we're watching, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, and because uh, I'll mention like I finished, I watched all of the of um, the latest season of Archer. Uh huh. Um, okay. Like season, fuck, I don't know, like twelve or thirteen or something. That is crazy. Yeah. Um. I I finally watched Deadpool two. Which nice. Was, which was great. Which, which version did you watch? The the theatrical cut or like the uh, the director's cut or whatever? Because I got I got two versions of it. Um, I I watched whatever was on um streaming. So, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. That was really fun though. Um, but I did. Um, I watched a uh, documentary on Joan Jett. Um, mm. bad, bad reputation. Um, very cool. It's, it was it was good. Um, I will say that I feel like it cut out a lot, um, you know, because it didn't. It it obviously it's 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 got to cover Joan Jett, her entire career, and all that kind of stuff, um, and her you know, her rise in popularity from the Runaways to the decline of the Runaways to any sort of personal decline that she had at the time, back to. Uh, being a hit maker, um, they talk about her her uh, her friendship with her, I guess, manager. Uh, I, I, I don't I think this that's the role he plays. Um, but they talk about that, and they talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and they have a lot of people, you know, a lot of a lot of interesting people come in for the interviews. Um, they had. Uh, Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day. They had Miley Cyrus. They had um, Kristen Stewart because they were talking about the movie The Runaways. Yeah, uh, and it was it was pretty good. But like I said, I feel like they they because it's only about an hour and twenty minutes. They they left out a oh. good portion of stuff. So yeah, it seems very short. Yeah, that, that's, that's like an extended like extended version of like behind the music from VH1. Yeah, it because it, it, it didn't cover it. It like it covered. Uh, her career up to, um, again, it did the Runaways uh, a little bit, and then it talked about her big hits. Um, so we're talking about I Love Rock and Roll. We're talking about Bad Reputation, um, and what's the other one? Um, uh, oh, that one that they use. No, uh, the- I hate myself for loving you. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, so they talked about that, and then like any part of the career after that, they didn't really make too much mention of. Um, they they kind of jumped from from the last hit to near the present. So there was you know there's a lot of stuff that that could have been talked about that you know you you're never gonna know about. But 
yeah, it was an, it was enjoyable for what it was. So, um, but it, the main reason that I watched it is because it was expiring on uh, on Hulu or something or or Netflix or whatever, and it was it was about to be taken off. So I was like, well, I might as well watch it. So, um, but now um, with the upstairs uh, here being redone, uh, I I have my exercise bike in front of my tv and my my playstation and whatnot so i can watch more uh of the music dvds on there uh because my computer for some reason doesn't play a lot of them which is annoying well that sucks yeah because I, I try to watch um i try to watch heaven and hell live at radio city and oh, yes. it didn't work so um aside, aside from that uh i have been watching the peacemaker series yes yes tell me about that how's that going it is i have a single episode it is a very funny um i mean you know you know how john cena was as the, the peacemaker in the in the movie the suicide squad but like oh, yeah. he's he's so far away from you know the pg wwe john cena it's it's fucking great that's yeah. awesome. It's 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 very it's very enjoyable. Um I think it's only um I think it's only so many episodes. We're like three episodes in and it's it's you know very entertaining, but like there's a lot of like there's a lot of those um like discourse uh discourse jag uh uh gags where like uh-huh. they'll start to talk about something random. And it makes it like it has no pertinence to the to the story at all, but like they'll they'll just start going into some random discussion. Like um, there's a part where um, Peacemaker's in his home and he's upset because you know he's, he thinks that nobody likes him and everything, and his his friend uh, named Vigilante shows up, and Peacemaker goes and and ducks and hides. And he's thinking that like the guy is just sitting there like waving his dick at him, and there's there's just start going off on this whole tangent about Louis C.K. <laughs> what? I, I mean, I know what what he did, so I, I guess it makes sense. But okay, yeah. basically, like like that was the whole thing. Like they just go off on this two minute tangent about Louis C.K. for no reason, wow. and they and they do that kind of thing a lot throughout the show. So, um, it's it's. It's very entertaining thus far, so I, I'm I'm looking forward to getting to the rest of it. But um, I think the next thing that I want to watch, um, the next thing I plan to watch, music-wise, is uh, the Queen Rock Montreal and Live Eight DVDs. Mm-hmm. Yes, which yes. I, I remember you watching on repeat after I bought them. Oh yeah, I mean that was just like it was between that and the Lord of the Rings in that apartment. You know that. Yeah, it was it was good, but I have I have a lot of Queen DVDs to get through, so that's that's one of the one of the few I want to rewatch first. Yeah, I hear you. Yep, but that's that's pretty much it. So, all right. So with that in mind, we head into our next commercial break. For those of you that love that doom stoner genre of rock and roll and heavy metal, make your way over to the Cosmic Peddler. 
selling CDs, cassettes, and of course, plenty of vinyl from the best artists on labels such as Fotherama Records, Cosmic Artifacts, and Stoner Witch Records, among many others. Head over to thecosmicpeddler.com now. All right, and we're back. And concert news. Concert news. All right, so we got nothing from the comfort of your home. So no one's streaming anything as of late. Um, Got some festival news here, so check this out. The largest three-day rock music and camping event in the U.S. has announced next summer's lineup. Rockfest 2022 will feature headliners Shinedown, Disturbed, and Evanescence. And will take place on July 14th, July 15th, and July 16th in Cadet, Wisconsin. Mudvayne, Hellstorm, and Lamb of God will also perform alongside more than 70 bands over the course of the event. Um, I, I think I'd have to see the rest of the lineup to really go for that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, I'm just surprised that like it feels like the headliners are backwards. <laughs> it feels like Mudvayne, Hellstorm, and Lamb of God should be headlining, and like Shine Down, Disturbed, and Evanescence should be also featured. But that's just my opinion. Well, I mean, they are they are probably the most decorated of the artists like commercially decorated of the artists on the tour i would agree i would agree with you there because shine down i know is like they hold records on billboard for like singles or some shit like that so yeah yeah and and disturbed obviously they're they're you know they're platinum sellers evanescence still still very popular despite i mean one one billion streams yeah, despite despite going, you know, despite kind of going under the radar in the last few years, but they are still very popular. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Riding this high of a successful comeback to the scene in 2021, Furnace Fest has announced its return to Sloss Furnaces in Birmingham, Alabama, Alabama. Sorry, on Friday, September 23rd through Sunday, September 25th, for a weekend of performances from 90 bands across three stages. The three-day festival will bring rock fans from all over together for performances by The Ghost Inside, Alex is on Fire, Newfound Glory, The Acacia Strain, Anti-Flag, Earth Crisis, Elliot, The Joy Formidable, Kubla Kai, Texas, I guess, uh, Nothing, Shadows Fall, Stretch Armstrong, Strike Anywhere, and many more. 60 additional bands will be announced later in the year. I just gotta say, they they the name you should probably do something with the name. It's a little too close to Firefest. And oh wow. <laughs> we, we don't we don't need some some of that suspicion going around. True. You got a point. Very good point. Uh on July tenth through the eleventh of twenty twenty two, Decimal Magazine Metal and Beer Fest, Philly, the world's loudest two day craft beer event, comes back. To the Fillmore Philly for its latest and greatest sud-soaked ex- execution. Cannibal Corpse triumphantly returned to Philadelphia, leading an unforgettable weekend that includes a Friday night headlining set from Candlemas, who will perform their landmark debut, Epicus Dumicus Metallicus, for the first time ever in its entirety in America, with Epicus vocalist jo- uh, Johan Lenquist. That's just one of four exclusive Metal and Beer Fest full album sets. For the first time, Wolves in the Throne Room will perform all of their black metal masterpiece, Two Hunters. Nuclear Assault will thrash through their 1986 undisputed classic Game Over in full. And The Red Cord will demolish with their masterwork clients from start to finish. 
damn. Like, that is pretty cool. Everyone's just that's, pulling all the stops for this show. Yeah, that's that's, that's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. I like I like I don't know. How do you feel about the full album performances? I mean, the two that I've seen, or you, or three that you and I have seen, have been very good. Um, let me think. For some reason, I'm only remembering one, and that was Iron Maiden, Matter, Life, and Death. Uh, Abigail, King Diamond. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Jeff Tate, Operation Mindcrime. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those three. Um, uh, I'm, I'm down with that. So. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, I, 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 at first, when this was first started happening, I felt it was kind of lazy, almost. Like, you don't want to put a set list together, so you just play an album in full. But the more that it seems to happen, and the, the more that I've seen it, like, again, I've only seen three, but I've really enjoyed it. So I, I can't complain. You know, I've, I've definitely done a, a 180 on that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. All right. So after debuting a massive revamp of the festival grounds of 2021, Incarceration Music and Tattoo Festival aims to make the 2022 edition the biggest one yet. Over the weekend of July 15th through the 17th, music fans will converge for three days of nonstop music, tattooing, haunted attractions, and more, all held at the historic grounds of the Ohio State Reformatory, made famous by the movie The Shawshank Redemption, located in Mansfield, Ohio. The headliners include rock and metal giants Korn, Disturbed, Reagan Benjamin, and Evanescence. With the weekend also offering musty performances from Lamb of God, Papa Roach, Seether, Falling in Reverse, Three Days Grace, I Prevail, Black Label Society, Theory of a Dead Man, Black Veil Brides, Jelly Roll, and many more. Right on. That is it for festival news. Okay. So let's go on to some touring news. Touring news. All right. Yingvei Malmsteen has announced a new batch of U.S. tour dates for May and June. Nothing coming here. He already came here, I think. He was here recently. I think yeah. he started off here in Texas. Uh, Godsmack will embark on a European tour in October. We'll see how that goes. Sammy Hagar has announced the first dates of his Crazy Times North American Summer Amphitheater Tour. He will be joined by his best-selling rock supergroup, The Circle, featuring fellow Van Halen alum and Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee Michael Anthony, Grammy award-winning drummer Jason Bonham, and Vic Johnson, Hagar's longtime guitar virtuoso. Special guests, George Thorogood and the Destroyers will also join the entire tour, which is produced by Live Nation and presented by Hagar's portfolio of spirits, which include Sammy's Beach Bar Cocktail Company, uh, San- Santo Tequila, and Beach Bar Rum. The Crazy Times tour kicks off in Bridgeport, Connecticut on Friday, June 10th at Hartford Healthcare Amphitheater and continues through Saturday, September 10th at the Five Point Amphitheater in Irvine, California. Irvine, California. So you know that um, that church that's down the street from us on Lookout? Yep. That amphitheater there? They're, they're from what... I, uh, Dad has read and showed me the article or the, the new news clip is that they're trying to revamp it and uh, have shows there again, like big shows. Yeah, so that'd be cool. That'd, walk down the street. Be, that's what we're saying. Like we'll just walk there. Yeah, you know? get rid of get rid of the fucking church and just keep it as a venue. Well, the thing is, like the whole the whole facility is humongous. I didn't realize how big it was. Like you can see the amphitheater from the road. That's the big thing that's in the back there, and I think the church is like further back. And I think they've had a couple of concerts there recently, 
and they put up like a new look, little billboard on the street there. So it's I think it's called the Real Life Amphitheater. So I think it's it, they're they're really trying to get things out there. The only thing that sucks, the only thing that sucks, is the traffic that will happen because of that, especially at the fucking stop sign on Lookout and 1604, where it's a four-way stop sign and not a goddamn light. Civil engineers yeah. suck. Anyway, not to go off subject here. Kid Rock will join forces with Foreigner and Grand Funk Railroad for a U.S. tour this spring. Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin Evening will appear on select dates with a special appearance by Trey Lewis at all shows. Of course, later on, it was uh, Kid Rock has threatened to cancel concerts on his upcoming tour if venues require fans to show proof of vaccination or potentially have other COVID-19 safety protocols in place. So I'm sure shortly we will hear about him canceling shows unless he really needs the money. Why are we talking about Kid Rock on my show? It's our show, number one. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, the show. Um, <laughs> but um, because I think it's funny. Because I think it's funny. Kid Rock is a tool. He's a tool. Not a fan of his. Uh, Bad Religion will embark on a U.S. tour this spring. Uh, The 10-date trek will kick off on March 26th in Tucson, Arizona, and conclude on April 9th in San Diego, California. Support on the tour will come from Waterhouse. Right on. The Colt will embark on a U.S. tour this spring. The 13-date trek will kick off on April 21st in St. Petersburg, Florida, and will conclude on May 11th in San Diego, California. Tickets go on sale this Friday, or they went on the sale this past Friday, February 4th. There is a San Antonio date for us here, May 1st at the Aztec. I I, I really want to see this, um, but the last time they came around, their tickets were like really expensive, like more than I'd be willing to pay for them. So that sucks. I might I might just suck it up this time around and just say like you know, go, just like bucket list. But yeah, exactly. Speaking of bucket yeah. list, this next tour. Yes, uh, Wasp and Armored Saint are coming home to end their U.S. tour at the Wiltern Theater in Los Angeles. After selling out the first California show of the U.S. tour in Anaheim, Wasp has announced a concert at the Wiltern on December 11th. In addition, new shows in Las Vegas, St. Louis, Baltimore, Norfolk, uh, Charlotte, and Fresno have been added. Wow, this is a high-in-demand de- high show. Who knew? Yeah, like, the, the, I'm, I want to see this tour really badly. I hear you. I hear you. Um... Nile guitarist vocalist Brian Kingsland will sit out the band's upcoming U.S. tour in order to spend time with his newborn son. Filling in for him will be Scott Ames, who's worked, who's sung in Thy Antichrist and Nevalara, uh, featuring support from Incantation and what that word is, I do not know. Languistigabog. Say that again. Languistigabog. Awesome. And another band called I Am. The trek will kick off, or has already kicked off, this past February 3rd in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, visiting several major cities before wrapping up in uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina, on March 12th. So I have a story about this. Really? So, Nile, uh, this tour, is set to come to the Rockbox this coming Thursday. I had it on my calendar that I wanted to go. I can't. Because I forgot to give myself the night off. <laughs> <laughs> you damn jackass. 
You make your own schedule. You forgot to give yourself the night off. I forgot to give myself the night off. Wow. Good. Yeah, I mean, they're playing with Cataclysm. So, like, Nile and Cataclysm, if I finish work and I can get there to catch Cataclysm and then Nile, I would totally go. But Rockbox tends to tends to finish a little early. So I'm probably I'm just going to skip it and cry myself to sleep that night. <laughs> I mean, they'll they'll come back around. I remember there there I think there were there was one show like remember uh back in like I think it was like 2016 on that Black Friday I bought uh, a bunch of like concert tickets went for sale, uh, and they were relatively cheap. So I bought a shit ton. Yeah, I think Nile was one of the bands I bought, and I can't remember. I I remember one of those concerts I didn't go to because I was having a really bad day. And I just skipped the concert, even though I bought the tickets. I can't remember if it was Nile or somebody else. I can't remember. Um, I remember you you trying to go downtown to a show, and like it was so such madness. You were just like, "Fuck it." Oh, I was trying to go see a Bath uh, downtown. It was around Christmas time, and like the parking situation was awful. I almost had a freaking panic attack. I was like, "I gotta go home. I gotta go." No, yeah. this is not the no. I, I was I was having a rough day. That was not a good day. Yeah. No bueno. No bueno at all. My fucking social anxiety was through the roof. Um, no one-offs. Uh, but let's get into the section that I know you have a lot to say about, and that yeah. is I saw a show. I'll let you do your one first. All right. Sounds good. So uh, this past week, uh, Brandy and I went ahead and we saw Tool at the AT&T Center. Um, this is, I think my third time seeing them and, and all honestly, I have to say that it was, I think it was the best time I've seen them. It was one of the, it was definitely one of the best tool shows I've ever seen because they were so good. Like their performance was incredible. They, they, they are so tight as a band. Um, I think they did a really good job of selecting songs. Uh, they did a, a good portion of their songs came from uh, the new album Fear Inoculum, uh, but they did sprinkle in a couple of uh, other random things. I'm actually trying to pull up the uh, the set list right now, so we can talk about it. So, of course, they open up with Fear Inoculum, the opening track for the new album. They went into an extended version of Opiate, which was very good. Um, the Pot is a very popular song here in San Antonio. They played that on on um, what's it called? on the on kiss fm here pretty regularly um push it is a song that i really really loved from the uh from the anima record uh they played Nume, numa Nema? i don't remember the name of it but that was good the grudge is a good song from from that from that era too eon blue apocalypse i wasn't very familiar with uh the the patient was good uh, Descending is from the new record that was great. Here's the highlight for me. The highlight for me was the was right before going into the intermission, um, and that was Hooker with a Penis. That's my favorite song. My favorite Tool song is Hooker with a Penis. I love that song so much, and they fucking killed it. Uh, it was so good, so intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had an intermission where they came out and they did uh, Chocolate Chip Trip, which is uh, Danny Carey's drum solo from the new album. They did Culling Voices from the new album, which is uh, kind of almost kind of like a, uh, like an acoustic song because like 
they were sitting on chairs and Maynard actually came out to the front of the stage, which he never really does to sing. Uh, that was pretty cool. And the la- they closed off. I was very surprised. Um, they closed off with uh, Invincible, which is a new song. It's the best, my opinion, the best song for the new album. And it closed with that. Um, so I, I'm not used to like a band closing with like their their a track from their new album. I was expecting like, like maybe they'll do fucking um, you know sober or prison sex or something like that to close out the song, but no, they didn't. Um, but so the setlist was great. Uh, their stage is phenomenal. They have a pretty big, uh, pretty big setup. Kind of like I would say it's like it's similar to Iron Maiden, but it's kind of like Iron Maiden esque, where they have the drum, the drum on a riser. They have some steps where the guys can go, like the where Maynard can like go back and forth between two different platforms uh, to sing from. Uh, he's usually in the back. He's usually back with the drums. Uh, so uh, the guitarist and uh, bassist Justin Chancellor and Adam Jones can be more up front and you know do their thing. Um, the light show was fantastic. A couple of the pictures I post on the Instagram page, like don't really do it justice. The light show was really good. Um, they had this like translucent, like, um, curtain around the stage for the first half of the, of the, of the uh, set where they were able to put projections on. So that was pretty cool. Um, all in all, it was just a really enjoyable experience. It was, I like, I was super pumped. It was so good. Um, and opening for them was a band called Blonde Redhead. Uh, doing a little bit of a background it, look into them. Um, the lead, one of the singers and guitarists, I believe it is, she's a Japanese woman. And I think the drummer and the bassist slash singer, I think they're like twins from Italy or something like that. Uh, but they had a very like sonic youth type vibe. Um, and they were, they were good too. So there's a band I'm going to be following up with after seeing them live, which is always cool. So. That that was my experience. Is it my turn? Yeah, go for it, dude. All right, I got a lot to say. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting back here. Wake me up when you're done. No, go ahead. All right, so let's start off. First show that I uh, I saw since the last um, podcast was the Fit for an Autopsy tour. Uh, oh, that's right, yes. Which contained... Great American Ghost, Signs of the Swarm, Enterprise Earth, Ingested, and Fit for an Autopsy. Mm-hmm. This was essentially somewhere between metalcore and death metal. Um, you know, so so you got metalcore, deathcore, and death metal, um, basically all on the same bill. Um, all the bands I did enjoy musically. Uh, can't say you know much as far as what's what's different about each of them because they kind of play in a similar vibe to each other. A lot of breakdowns, so there's a lot of pit going on. Uh, very cool stuff. Um, I think as far as the openers, the the three main openers, because I'm counting ingested as their own. Uh, as far as the three main openers go, I was a bigger that I was a bigger fan of uh, Great American Ghost. Um, Signs of the Swarm was good. I just did not like the vocals. Um, when you're talking about when you when people make the joke about death metal vocals and they start talking about the pig squeals, yeah, mm-hmm. that was this band. And it's it literally sounded like someone was fucking a pig. Uh, so I was not I was not crazy about the vocals on that one. Um, 
But one of the big reasons that I went to this show in the first place was to see Ingested because, you know, I just started getting into them. We just did the T video and everything. And I was like, I really want to see these guys live. And they killed it. They were awesome. Um, I feel like they p- kind of played for a short period of time. Um, I think they were missing a bass player because there was only three of them on stage. Um, oh, but they just, they were, they were awesome. Um, uh, probably the, the, the audience was second most lively for them, uh, you know, with, as far as, as far as the pit and as far as, uh, um, general interaction and whatnot. Um, and then Fit for an Autopsy came on and I don't know too much about them. Um, I know that Pat is friends with Tim, who is the guitar player, one of the guitar players. Um, I listened to half the set, and then you know, since I had to make the trip home, I just decided you know I'll I, I bounced. Um, but what I did stay for was very good, very energetic. Uh, the audience was crazy into it, um, and they were they were very good, but they just didn't catch my fancy enough to to keep me there the full time. Yeah, yeah. Um, that makes sense. What I will say is that this was my first time um, at Come and Take It Live, which is um, in a a venue in Austin, which is multi-tiered. It is it looks like it looks like an old wooden cabin. It is two floors and there are two bars on each uh, There's a bar on each floor. Um, So there's a balcony that people can watch from. There is the floor, like it was jam packed. Um, not sold out, but pretty jam packed. But it was a very cool venue. I liked it in an ideal spot. Maybe not. What did I see next? Um, What did I see next? I saw four shows. So. Well, you had the two back to back from Saturday, uh, from last night and Friday night. So Friday and Saturday, but there was one. There's one I went to before that that I can't remember who it was. Oh, you went to see um, fucking municipal waste and yes. obituary. That's the one. The the, the decibel tour, the yes. uh, decibel magazine tour, which was um, it was enforced gate creeper, um, municipal waste and obituary. Um. I will give credit to uh, Enforced and Gatekeeper. They were great death metal. Um, but, you know, in a lot of cases of death metal, it's a, it's a little hard to tell them apart. Um, yeah. 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 But, but both both put on a great performance. I can't, can't complain about them. Municipal Waste was a fuck ton of fun. <laughs> Hell yeah. 
And, and oh, it's yeah. weird because you know they they were they were a thrash metal band on a death metal tour, and it was okay, a little it was kind of like a like a palate cleanser in a way. Um, okay. And 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 a lot of their songs are about like partying and beer and shit like that. So a lot of it was just kind of kind of fun. Um, but they they played a great set about probably about forty five minutes long or so, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, and obituary came on. Um, great set. Not much stage presence. Um, the singer didn't talk very much. There was like not a whole lot of stage banter. Like it was kind of like they finish the song, it goes dark. They restring or do whatever they got to do, and then they start playing the next song. And they played for about an hour, and it was just good death metal. I mean, I can't complain about it. It's just, yeah, I, I, they just didn't have much personality to exude, I, I'd say. But either way, it was good. I picked up an obituary T-shirt, which was great. So, um. I had um, wanted to buy a municipal wage T-shirt, but yeah, I've I've had I've had this thing with T-shirts in the past few shows because at the at the Great American Ghost Show I wanted to buy a size small shirt and they didn't they didn't have it uh, allegedly. I'm pretty sure I saw a stack of small shirts that the guy moved and looked into the the box and then put back on top and said, "No, we don't have small." So. <laughs> That was uh, a sale that didn't happen. And then at Municipal Waste, um, I wanted a small T-shirt, and they had them all in, like, mediums and stuff. And I was like, I'm not going to ask for the one. I'm not going to ask for the T-shirt of Donald Trump shooting himself in the head and blowing his brains out and small because that's too much of a statement that I don't need to make. So... <laughs> um, I I just went okay screw it I'll get it I'll get another shirt someday, so out on to the next one. Um, went to Fitzgerald's uh this past Friday night, uh and I saw a unusual mix of characters. Um, so the opening act was a band here in San Antonio named Mortal Conflict. They are um a very young hardcore band. And I say very young, I literally mean the oldest person is 20 years old. The youngest, I'm pretty sure, is in eighth grade. <laughs> wow. And I sit there as the grumpy old man that I am, and I say, damn it, I could have done something like this, but I just don't have discipline. So they played their set, um, and it was good. I feel like there was um there was a little i feel like there was a little bit off um in some parts but there's definitely a lot of potential there for them to um you know obviously get much better and really become a, a staple of the scene because a lot of the stuff a lot of the, the the metal that's here in san antonio is really along the lines of hardcore metalcore uh deathcore uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I feel like they would have fit in really well um, with that scene. Next one up was a band named Letter Burn. Uh, they were kind of a rock group. Um, pretty good. Uh, nothing really stood out for me uh, overall. They were just, you know, a good band. Um, 
can't remember if it was during their set, but there was a uh, there was a speaker on fire. Oh, whoa! What? Yeah, it was like right next to the drummer. There was a speaker on fire, so something something happened. <laughs> uh, but their set was good um, overall. And then um, the next band that came up uh, was called Life Eats Life, and they actually were performing without their singer. Their singer uh, had some sort of emergency to attend to, so they performed mostly instrumental. Um, they have the singer, and then they have the two backing vocalists. So the backing vocalists did their parts, but otherwise they played instrumentally. And again, they were really good. They were a little bit on the heavier side, on the metal side. Um, so I'm wondering what they would have sounded like with their with their actual vocalist, um, wondering what kind of vocals they would have had because the vocals that were done by the backing vocalists were uh, kind of clean. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering if they are harsh vocals with clean backups or, you know, whatever. So, but either way, they put on a good show. And the last band of the night was Silent Minority, uh, which is kind of it sounded like if if volbeat tended more toward punk than metal so uh kind of in a kind of in a punky range um they they were really good very a lot of energy um i can't say um necessarily i'd go out of my way to see them again per se but i thought they were they were good for for what they were so but it was again a kind of an, an eclectic group of group of people, a uh, group of uh, artists to, to to be seen. So interesting. And then last night, um, last night was the official CD release for the band Bone, um, and so they were playing with Subverter, uh, Droughton. There was Bone and the Immortals. Um, so started off with Subverter, which were uh, kind of along the death metal lines in a way. Um, harsh vocals, uh, very heavy heading. Um, it was interesting because like the stage was very small, <laughs> uh, so they were they, like everyone was on top of each other, and it, it didn't get better later on because when you started adding five when you started adding extra members to the to the other bands you were kind of cramped on stage but they put on a great show i bought one of their t-shirts um next one up was Droughton, which is um a viking metal band from houston and they were great <laughs> they were they were a local amana marth we'll say that and wow. they, they put on a fantastic performance i loved it um I had wanted to buy one of their shirts, but they didn't have it in my size. So, but um, I I thoroughly enjoyed their set. Then Bone came on, and that's when everyone started to kind of come out because it was obviously their night, and they put on a great performance. They had a lot of energy, a lot of a lot of uh, on stage presence. Um, they and there were there were five of them on stage and they were kind of like just kind of elbowing each other trying to get some space and everything <laughs> but uh it was it was uh, a very great performance um i i 
I filmed the entire night and um from our from the vault series that I post on our YouTube channel, I'm actually in the midst of asking them if it's okay for me to post last night's show. Um so you can expect that in the near future on our YouTube channel. Um and I put up the album on the Discord uh Discord chat. And the last band was the Immortals, which were a horror punk uh, band. So you know, I was I was telling Dad this morning that you notice when the audience began to change because the the people who you know were standard dressed or or just you know there to see the band um, just in 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 metal t-shirts and whatnot suddenly they got swapped out and there were people with like mohawks and multicolored hair and misfits t-shirts and stuff like that so the audience just changed out of nowhere yeah. uh, but just just fun fun horror punk uh, uh female fronted um and you know they talked about goblins and ghouls and shit like that um but they put on a great set they were a lot of fun and i i really enjoyed their set um and I almost, I almost ran out of battery. Um, I almost missed getting their entire performance on video. So um, thank God for the last closing seconds of my my battery. Um, but I really enjoy their stuff. So, so I've been to a, got a lot of good shows lately. So yeah, it doesn't seem like it's going to be slowing down anytime soon. Considering about like we got um, all shows in april that you had mentioned a little while back yep what do you got going on in march and let me see let me see march oh look i have the calendar right here too you do uh omnium gatherum um that's a good one bitfest is coming um and maybe uh maybe glassjaw maybe soulfly and maybe ministry nice that's wild. Yeah. That's crazy. I was going to go see uh, Cannibal Corpse because they're playing on the 17th, but that is the day that I'm flying out to New York for a wedding. So how are we doing the podcast that weekend? We can talk about it later. We don't need to talk about that right now. Well, I'm going to bring my laptop with me. We can record. From- oh, okay. All right, cool. Because, yeah, I had the kids that weekend. Yeah. Wait, March. March. Yes, that's spring break week. Yes. Yeah. yeah we'll, the kids. We'll, we'll figure it out somehow. So. For sure, for sure. Yeah, but uh, there's a few more shows coming up. Obviously, a lot of local stuff that I, I haven't written on the calendar yet. Um, but the next next uh, Friday, I'm seeing um, there's a there's a mini tour going on with a whole bunch of um, Texas, like San Antonio, Austin bands and whatnot uh, for Valentine's Day. So they're playing. Um, I think San Antonio, Austin, Houston, and maybe Laredo or something like that. Um, but they're playing four nights and they're playing Fitzgerald's on Friday night. So I'll probably go into that. And then on Sunday, uh, Sunday night, um, there's a band named The Well playing, but opening up for them is the Crimson Devils. Um, and they are a band that I got into through the Cosmic Peddler. And that was a great record, a great purchase. So I, I, I want to go see them live. So gotcha. Gotcha. that's, that's coming up in the, in the immediate sense. So. Gotcha. Badass. 
Badass. So yeah, that's that's what I got for I saw a show. Wow, that was that was that was impre- that was intense. That was yeah. intense. A lot of, a lot All of- right, are we ready to head into the charts? Always. All right, top five. The number one album is Encanto soundtrack from Disney. Oh snap! Yeah, number one. Uh, probably on the strength of the song, we don't talk about Bruno. Um, I don't know if you heard anything from this record or from this movie or anything like that. Uh, but there's some catchy shit on it. You know, it's Lin Manuel Miranda, so it's some catchy shit. Gotcha. Uh, number two is the new album by Young Boy Never Broke Again, and it's called Colors. Number three is an artist named Gunna, and his album is DS Forever. That's number three. Number four is Dawn FM by The Weeknd. And the number five album for this week is uh, Dangerous, the double album by Morgan Wallen. So, and before we start... What's that? I said, and we scroll. Yeah, before we start scrolling, we let's... let's uh, for any new listeners that may be tuning in for today, uh, we had already mentioned that Dan and I, in our old age, have grown to uh, expand our listening pleasures and to include pop stuff uh so we actually have something to talk about when we do the billboard top 200 because usually there's not much stuff for us uh metalheads on there so our artist of choice when we cover the 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 top 200 charts is taylor swift that's because we're soft we are soft s-a-w-f-t soft um, so we keep a count of how many albums that Miss Taylor Swift has on the top 200. And usually she has about seven within the first 100 records. So let's see how she does this week. And now we do the scroll. Right on. And right off number 11 is Taylor Swift read the red album, Taylor's version. Um, so this is the re-recording. And here's no surprise following the announcement of his death, Meatloaf. That out of hell is a re-entry at number 13. Damn. Good for Meatloaf. Hell yeah. Badass. Badass. All right. Rumors by Fleetwood Mac is at number 22. So, yeah, we, we scroll a lot on this one. Queen's Greatest Hits is at number 35. Folklore by Taylor Swift is at number 37. That's her second record in the top 200. LL, Elton John's Diamonds is at number 41. Okay. We still are scrolling a bunch. A bunch, a bunch, a bunch. Taylor Swift's Lover is at number 59. That's her third album on the charts here. Evermore by Miss Taylor Swift is at number 62. That's her fourth record in the charts. We have Nevermind by Nirvana at number 65. Bob Marley and the Whalers, the uh, the very best of, is at number 71. A re-entry at number 73 is the Eminem Show by Eminem. Re-entry. Wow. Probably, after his, probably after the announcement that he got nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Chronicle, the 20 greatest hits of Credence Clearwater Revival, is at number 78. Taylor Swift, 1989, is at number 81. That's her fifth album in the charts. We got Tom Petty. And the Heartbreakers' greatest hits is at number eighty-five. Oh, a re-entry 
from your favorite artist, A Boogie with the Hoodie. No, I'm kidding. I'm a, uh, there is... What's that? I'm going to fuck you up, dude. <laughs> Number 91 is a re-entry from Meatloaf, Die Out of Hell 2, Back Into Hell. Greatest Hits by Guns N' Roses is at number 95. Greatest Hits by Journey is at number 96. Oh, yeah. Okay. Michael Jackson, Essential Michael Jackson is at number 107. Abbey Road by The Beatles is at 108. Okay. Elton John, The Lockdown Sessions at number 114. ACDC's Back in Black is at number 116. Reputation by Miss Taylor Swift is at number 125. That's her sixth record. Nickelback, the best of Nickelback is at number 126. Fearless, Taylor's version, is at 127. That's her seventh record in the top 200. Michael Jackson's Thriller is at number 131. Metallica's Black Album is at 133. Okay... Bob Seger and a Silver Bullet Band. Greatest Hits is at number 147. Okay. Still Foo Fighters. Greatest Hits is at number 157. You got the Beatles. Let It Be. Soundtrack at number 163. Speak Now by Taylor Swift is at number 166. That's her eighth record on the top 200. Leonard Skinner, all-time greatest hits is at number 168. Bon Jovi's greatest hits is number 173. The Sounds of Summer, the very best of the Beach Boys, is at number 178. The Essential Billy Joel is at number 181. Another re-entry from A Boogie with the Hoodie. Your favorite. Okay, George Strait. Local deity here in Texas. Not going to talk about him. Devil's Got a New Disguise. The very best of Aerosmith is at number 191. And it looks like the number 200, the number 200 album is Teddy Swim's Law, Tough Love EP. It's new. It's a new album, for, a new EP from Teddy Swim's. Whoever the fuck that is. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much exactly right. All right. So are we going to head into our discussion now that we're crossing over the two, two hour and 45 minute mark? Yes, we are. Let's do this. All right. Do, 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 do. Got my notes. And I still have not list, looked at this list, so I still have no idea what's coming, except for one. All right, well, we'll get through here. No, All right. I know two that are coming. All right, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, so we're heading into this. As we uh, discussed before, uh, we are covering Metal Hammer's fan-voted top 50 albums of 2021. Um, two episodes ago, we covered the... Uh, numbers from 50 to 26, and now we are counting down from 25 to 1. Um, so we will start off with right away Converge and Chelsea Wolf, their album Blue Moon One. That is exciting. Um, that was a really good one. I, I, I talked about this the last time because these guys, this album, this particular album was on the uh, top 10 for the Rolling Stone of 2021. And I think it went to a little bit of, of length on that one. Um, but just to kind of um, really drive it home, but the collaboration between these two artists was phenomenal. I find myself going back to this one pretty regularly uh, when I don't know what to listen to. Um, so 
it was definitely something that was worthwhile, something to, to really dig into, you know? You got nothing? No, I, I did not listen to this one yet. I, I, I may in the future. I may in the short future. You, you really should. You really should. I think you would enjoy it. I yep. think you would definitely get into it. Right on. Um, next up is Every Time I Die, their new album, Radical, or their newest album, Radical. Uh, I wasn't very familiar with them going in, but definitely a band I have slept on for a while. That's what I wrote. Um, they're very good, like hardcore, heavy metalcore, or ultra metallic hardcore, whatever you want to call them. They were very, very good. It's unfortunate that I think they, this is the band that um, is having the, all the hard times with the with the band, um, like like dissolving pretty much, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a definitely unfortunate. Um, I, yeah, I, yeah. I I know that we've done. I think I think the the album Radical has been our, uh, in our albums of the day at least three times since it came out. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty pretty sure. Yes, it, which makes sense because it's it's a badass album. So I don't I don't doubt that at all. Um, next up, we got the While She Sleeps album, Sleeps Society. Uh, I wrote down here, it's a badass mix of crushing metal riffs, uh, little hardcore vocals, and big, catchy arena-style choruses. Just really fun shit. That's what I wrote down. Um, and that will be um, definitely something I'm going to stick with, because it was it was very good. Cool. And the funny thing is, I'm trying to remember all this stuff from, like, you know, I listened to this, like, almost a month ago at this point. <laughs> Um, next up, we got Tesseract Portals. This is their live record. Um, now, going into records by a band like this, I sometimes worry, or not just bands like this, but some band, bands in general, I sometimes worry that some of my favorite artists won't translate well live. But this particular genre of music uh, steps it up with the tightness and damn near perfect recreation, recreations of their songs. And uh, Tesseract definitely lives up to that. Um, Lives up to that a hundred percent. Turnstile, their album "Glow On," uh, wasn't really that much of a fan. Actually, it was good for what it was, but personally, it was lacking something. This is my own personal opinion. All right, next up, let's see. Number twenty is "Cradle of Filth." Existence is futile. Um. I've been a passing listener. I only heard about the bombast of this band, but really listening to this one, they delivered all that I was expecting and much, much more. Um, everything you hear about this band is true and it's great. It's in my opinion. I fucking love it. Uh, I'm reading some of the, uh, go ahead. I need to catch up on, uh, you definitely do. Yeah. yeah Cause I, I, I have it. So, in in light of the Jethro Tull thing, I I made a list of like, okay, what artists do I want to finish discographies from in the near future? And Cradle of Filth is like number two. So, yeah, yeah. So these next two, I don't have many uh, notes written on, so I want to kind of read a little bit from the actual article itself. So first up, we got number nineteen, Green Lung, their album Black Harvest, and these guys. Um, they're in the British stoner and doom circles, melding folk-tinged doom, stoner, and classic heavy metal together in an ode to, but never mindlessly derivative of, Black Sabbath. 
Um, and I would have to agree with that. I remember listening to like I remember listening to number nineteen, number eighteen back to back, and they were fucking incredible um, sounding and just groovy as fuck. Uh-huh. Like this, like they're just groovy as shit. So you got the green lung one, and then sleep token, which I believe I talked about before. Um, it's called, um, and the album is called "This Place Will Become Your Tomb." I actually think this might have been the album of the day for me for a while there. Um, what was it? Let's see. Oh wow! Okay, enigmatic, uncategorizable, utterly brilliant. The mystery surrounding Sleep Token may be no closer to being solved, but with this place will become your tomb. Sleep Token prove such things to be meaningless when the art is so captivating. The blend of tech metal, R and B, and emotional soul proving to be irresistible. And yeah, I would agree with that. That was very. That's a very well put statement for that particular band. I really enjoyed this record. Okay. At number 17, I already talked about this one on our Rolling Stone top 10 from 2021 was Carcass and their album Torn Arteries. Just fucking, since these guys have returned, uh, they've been just fucking killing it. Just fucking killing it. Uh, they are, they, they sound great. They sound so fucking good. It's so good. Next up is number 16, Halloween, and their self-titled uh, album. Um, yeah. it, sounds, it sounds like classic Halloween. You know, I, I think this is the, the one that they decided to do with two singers, right? Yeah. The, the Pumpkins United lineup, right? It is. Yeah. It, 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 was, it was good. It was good. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Halloween. I don't know that much about them, but whenever I listen to them, I do feel good, you know, and I enjoy it. Uh, next, you best start listening to them some more. Well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, for sure. Uh, Dream Theater, a view from the top of the world, is another notch in the belt. Not sure if you can t- can call uh, their songs tighter at their length, but definitely tighter than others. Um, so they're not doing like their fucking like you know their extremely long songs here. Like the songs are tighter. Um, which makes for a more enjoyable listen to, I think, for for like passing fans. So if you're if you're just getting into Dream Theater on their fucking like twentieth album, whatever the fuck this is, you know, this will kind of ease your way into like Metropolis and scenes from a memory and fucking six degrees of inner turbulence and stuff like that. So this is definitely a good stepping stone for for their older stuff, as far as I'm concerned. Next up at number 14 is Between the Buried and Me, the album Colors 2. Um, started off pretty good, but lost me about halfway through. That was a shame. Um, these next two, I think I pretty much I talked about at length before. Uh, Whitechapel, their album Kin, was very, very good. It was my album of the day a while back. Rivers of Nile is the same thing. Very good at number 12 their, with their new album, The Work. Um, at number 11 is Cannibal Corpse, Violence Unimagined. And That's honestly, we're going to be on there. That just, you can't go wrong with a release from Cannibal Corpse. You just can't. It's fucking, they're always good. They're always good. All right, we're heading into the home stretch here. Home stretch. Uh, these next two, I didn't write anything about, unfortunately. But when I when I listen to them, I do remember enjoying them. So I don't while I, I, while I don't have much to say about them, I do en- I did enjoy them. So you got architects for those who wish to exist. Um, again, big 
Big uh, fan of that one. And, of course, Power Wolf, Call of the Wild. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, number nine. Remember, this is fan voted, so that's just, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. All right, next up, number eight is Ginger Wallflowers. And you definitely got to keep an eye on these up-and-comers. Their star is certainly burning bright right now, and they sound incredible. Um, they look like, like I follow the singer on Instagram, and they look like they're having the time of their lives uh, playing these songs, playing for these crowds, and they're really killing it. You know, got to keep an eye on them. They're They're looking great. They're looking good. Uh, number seven is probably an album that I have sung the praises of about that I cannot um, talk about enough, and that's Trivium in the Court of the Dragon. Um, the one thing I wrote down here that I was very surprised about is that it did not end up in the top ten of Rolling Stones uh, released in 2021. That was very surprising. I was very happy to see them this high um, on the Metal Hammer fan-voted top 50. Very happy with that. That's just another really great record of theirs. Um, yeah, I can't I can't say enough about it. Um, Mastodon is at number six with their new album, newest album, Hushed and Grim, their first double, their first double one. Um, I was pleased with this placing. I had expected a little more heaviness, but interested in how they progress going forward, considering that they really are doing like more progressive thing. Um, and it's. Um, yeah, it's 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 definitely a little different from what they they've done in the past, but it was really it was really good. Next up, we got Leprous uh, Aphelion at number five. Uh, Prague is like the going thing now, and these guys are are a pretty excellent representation of that. And that's pretty that's what I wrote down. So, yeah, number four, of course, number four is Iron Maiden Sinjutsu. Yeah, it's obviously I, I knew was going to be on here somewhere. Yeah, we've talked about we've talked about this one pretty regularly. Um, Surprise! It's a a little bit lower than I would have expected, you know, but definitely in the top ten. Um, good good album. Every time I listen to it, I like it more, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think we've talked about how that's been the, like the going trend with uh, the latter day Iron Maiden releases. Number three is Ice Nine Kills, The Silver Scream 2, Welcome to Horrorwood. Um, this one, wow. Um, it was actually a lot better than I expected. I remember enjoying them a while back. Like I think when we first started doing the podcast, I talked about them. Uh, but I never followed up until this release. Um, and it was a lot of fun. They're just catchy and they're fucking, they're, they're just a lot of fun. You know, the whole horror theme really works for them. Uh, it works out really well. The only thing I wrote down here is I'm not sure about number three, but definitely deserve a spot on this list. Number two is Spirit Box with their album Eternal Blue. Uh, this is their debut album, and it's at number two on the Metal Hammer fan voter charts. Um, and they, uh, I didn't write anything down, but it's, it feels like they're on the upward uh, turn here. They're seem to be kind of like the kind of the same uh musical style and aesthetic as uh say like lacuna coil so i see what the what the appeal is there i enjoyed listening to the record even though i didn't write anything down about it i found it very enjoyable definitely something i would like to go back and revisit and last but not least the number one voted album for 2021 by metal hammer fans is gojira's fortitude 
Um, I don't know if I could talk any more about this band because ever since this album came out, I have just been sucking that dick for you know for for pennies. Um, they they're just a really great band. They really um, kind of combine just about everything you could possibly want in like a heavy band, a progressive band, um, even a social band because they talk about like the deforestation of the Amazon. And so they got some political stuff in there too. For if that's your thing, they're just a they're just a really well rounded band. They got it all. Uh, I just um, I still need to kind of get into them. So, I mean, if if you if you because. I think if for a place to start for me, um, if I was recommended it to anybody, it would be the last two records. So Magma and go and Fortitude, because they're the more of the more, um, while they have like solidified their sound, they're more approachable. You know, you could probably get more into them and then go into the back catalog and, and like really explore where they started. Gotcha. I know I have one of their albums somewhere. I wouldn't have done it. Like they have a couple. I think there's one with a whale. You know, yeah. So, oh, I, would... I mean, overall, I mean, this list has pretty much shown me that I have missed a lot this past year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I'm looking forward to like one day when I get bored, just putting these because they're I got the playlist in my Spotify, just putting them on on shuffle and letting it go. You know, yeah, that would be probably very, very, very fun to do. But I mean, I I don't I, I really don't have much to say because you know yeah I I got you I got you yeah. yeah it took me a long time to get through these and like towards the end I was like oh my god I am just burnt yeah so sure. but it's cool uh, again uh, the they do actually I think Metal Hammer actually put this as a playlist on Spotify as well so if if any listeners are interested in listening to any of these albums not not only can you just go check them out on their individual Spotify pages but Metal Hammer has created their own playlist of the top 50 from 2021 that you can access as well Awesome Yes sir All right so I think that mostly does it yeah, that wraps us up. So should we discuss what we're going to discuss next time? Um, we'll make it up as we go. Copy that, but we'll, we'll we'll try to find some articles in the meantime. I saw Sorry. one that I saw one that was I, I felt was pretty interesting. Um, or at least the headline was pretty interesting. It was like eleven bands that you would get made fun of for listening to in the past. Oh, I think I saw that. That was Loudwire or some shit like that, right? Yeah. So maybe maybe that one. Because you know we we usually have a lot to say about the you know to each his own. So yes, sure, for sure. I I I'll get behind that. Hell yeah! If you can find that, I'll be I'll be down. Yeah, yeah. Just write it in the uh, write it on the script. Like, Copy. Just to remind yeah. myself. Gotcha. So that that may be your discussion next time, unless I find something a lot better next time. So, so. We gotta we gotta start coming up with uh, other ideas for for discussions as well. Well, there's yeah, but we also have the next album on blast that we can do if you wanted to do that. Uh, I I would probably want to do that at a different time. Okay. I, I need I I need to sit and listen to that one like like really really listen to that one. Although I, mean, I, I mean it, 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 although it's a pretty short listen, but like man like. It's a well. There's a lot going on. It's it's a boner inducing listening. So for sure, for yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, but um, 
on that note, we must make our curtain call because um, Warrior probably probably wants to go to bed and I have to eat something. Well, I was going to say, I need to eat as well. I have to eat something before I take my meds. So, yeah. so until next time, I'm Dan Mack. And I'm Chris Mack. And we are the Slime.